You cut the guts out of what I said. It was the time consideration, time? my... Bullshit! You corporate lackey. Who told you your incompetent little fingers have the requisite skills to edit me? I'm trying to band-aid a situation here, and you're Mike. too dim to... Mike. Mike. Mike? Mike! Try Mr. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's going. Yeah, yeah. Aiming yeah. <laughs> indiscriminately. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. It's cold outside. Don't forget your booties. Cold out there, kitties. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is it well, cold outside? It's cold. Oh, For dude. Florida, it's pretty damn cold. Dude, it was like Man, it was 50 cold two days ago. in my house this yeah. morning. Like so that's cold. not outside though. Our relatives are uh, outside. Our relatives <laughs> in Norton disagree that yeah. they're dealing with a little bit worse shit up there. That place that I lived at in Terry's place. The front yeah. apartment. Oh yeah, the place we would cold. go outside in the morning. Yeah, to warm up. <laughs> I would see my breath. Inevitably, yeah. we always did movies around that time too. And I remember like Patrick sleeping at your house and being like, "Dude, this place is cold." <laughs> it was the coldest. Yeah, indoor. Well, because experience. those floors were completely open, so oh, yeah. it was just coming up. I yeah. played ice hockey, and the rinks weren't even <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. It was four hundred and fifty dollars of people listen to this in like, November to. <laughs> February, just heat, yeah. gas heat. Your you guys are like you're in Florida, motherfucker. Hey, Give me shit. cold is cold. We ain't getting any blizzards rolling through though. So yeah, my friends in Pennsylvania, I'll I'll say they were like, hey, "What you been up to?" I was like, "I'm getting ready to go play golf. What you up to?" Oh, shove in my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I think my Eric, story's my, better. My cousin <laughs> Eric, he's hoping that it snows. So he's a cold. He's a cold fanatic. fanatic. He's like, mm-hmm. go outside with your bare feet in the snow. Do you have own long pants? Uh, he, I don't think he does, or he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. wear them. He only wears shorts. It snowed yeah. here for Christmas one year in 1989. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't here yet. I for wasn't that. here yet. Just got, before it though, we came right after. You that. came in, oh, 90, in the summer of 90. I came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. came in the summer of 91. I got an yeah. extra week off of school because they freaked out. They, oh my god, what do we do? Flipped. They did what not do we know do? what to do. Like, it's a big deal. The roads. Oh yeah. If you've never driven in snow before, you can't drive in snow. Yeah. Because yeah. you're I just spinning in circles. Yeah. I remember spinning in circles up north. Yeah. Almost flipping that Chevy Corsica we had. There's some, probably some very historically relevant uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, snow blizzards out there, too. Yeah. Sam trying to work us back here? Yeah. So, if you've read the synopsis for today's episode, we are going to do a very exciting topic. And this is historical films. Which you think on the surface, you're thinking historical, you're thinking uh, maybe like American Revolution and everything, but it really is any biopic or anything that's kind of affected history any non-fiction movie yeah a lot of non-fiction sure it's true as long as it happened in the past <laughs> yeah <I know>. based <laughs> on a true story even if it happened yesterday yeah <laughs> wasn't, wasn't gremlins based on two i don't think so i think just the thing with her father going down the gym oh maybe. god <laughs> You gotta bring that up again, dude. Bring the pod down. That was such a horrible. (laughs) Talk about a bummer. That was so a Joe Dante thing that he threw in. Uh, Well, I love the. uh, I think it's happened several times. I'm pretty sure that has happened. I've heard stories about that. You would die thinking you were a moron. That's the worst. (laughs) Knowing that you were a moron. Hell. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember dad taking like he was putting some weird thing up in the chimney right around Christmas time. You know, it had that like flu. The blowers. It yeah. had those blowers up yeah. and everything. And I remember asking him how Santa get down. And he says, well, he, he gets up there and he sees it blocked. He'll just come through the front door. Huh. <laughs> and that's what these guys who got trapped in the chimney should have said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll continue that conversation on our non-traditional uh, Christmas pod, which uh, is, we're going to be recording next week. See, it was uh, a good plug. That, yeah, is that what next plug. week? Yeah. yeah. Next, and I got, come out the I got the tree up. Yep, we got our tree up. Justin, you got a tree? You got like I a Charlie don't. Brown tree? I actually do own a Charlie do, Brown do, tree. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got my Charlie do, Brown do. yellow shirt on today. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. You shave your head. <laughs> so today, is yeah, we're going to do historical stuff uh, on here. And uh, it's uh, looking at the picks we have, I'm super excited to be talking about the, some of these movies. My number one is one of my top 20 favorite films that I've been uh, eagerly awaiting uh, to talk about. And uh, I know Dave is always a history fan just because that war falls into that and dramas. And uh, these are probably ripe. I specifically... You kept war off kept, for the most part? For the or? most part. There's one that is a documentary that touches on war a little bit, mm. but it's more in an over. Oh, yeah. That one sense. I would almost consider. A, but it's not a, it's not war, a war movie. Yeah, yeah. Movie. Mm-hmm. That was a phenomenal one, too. All right, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> How about you, Justin? If you were been up, well, you're not always the biggest drama fan. Well, you confuse your drama sometimes because a yeah. lot of dramas are actually pretty action. It's drama in real life. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. Is like you know well, because I, I, like I don't be like romantic dramas. I don't want any boring as shit. You know the thing uh, is, I do. I mean, now I'm not talking Bridges Madison County. Yeah, yeah. But I'll watch like a romantic that, comedy I can't, I can't all day. Watch. You know, no, and I can't. Yeah. If, if which one? If I know, just a romantic comedy. There's oh, some. You're that, not a big romantic comedy. No, I'll, I'll watch them. You know, I like to get a, a laugh out of anything. The you know beautiful I mean? thing is you can find romance in movies that aren't necessarily those types of films. Like even Rocky is a romance movie. Yeah. Throwback to last week. Yeah. Uh, but I remember watching like because those are my my wife's not a huge movie fan, but like I've said before, she she does like some certain comedies and a lot of horror movies. Uh, she'll be a fan of. But she's a sucker. I know for those like Sandra Bullock. Ryan Reynolds kind of uh, love interest at work type. Yeah, of like I, I can say that I, Pearl I Harbor that. didn't make the list. Oh, yeah. You know, well, like, that I've never even seen the Pearl Harbor. No, movie. I haven't either. Yeah. Like, and there's I, a romance and, in it. Well, I literally I'm sure ben for Affleck's the Ben like, Affleck. I'm not doing anything unless I get to kiss a girl. Yeah, where's isn't, my animal crackers? <laughs> isn't uh, isn't uh, Aerosmith's daughter in that movie? I, I don't know. Well, that's Armageddon, but I don't know if she's in. Josh Harnett is the uh, Pearl Harbor kind of main heavy in it. Yeah. I it wasn't Pearl very Harbor. good. <laughs> I wanted it to be good. You want to watch uh, Pearl Harbor, watch Tora, Tora, Tora. Now, that's a movie that could easily have been on this they list as fucking phenomenal. They haven't done a good 9-11 movie yet, either. Hey, you mentioned that last pod, man. You really are uh, you're plugging it. You need to get that script ready. <laughs> script for Murder Farm is done. Yes. Completely. My wife has promised me she's going to edit this weekend, so probably uh, Sunday night or Monday I'll shoot the copies over to your two and won't be thinking budget wise I'm excited <laughs> how are we gonna pull this shit up $74 <laughs> Dave's like you put With another basement ways. in this fucking <laughs> Dave's like you put another basement in this movie I'm gonna reach across the table <laughs> we're in Florida god damn it <laughs> you know can, your locations you get, you get I got a pitchfork a shovel a tractor uh, oh we're, we're going good so far yeah. those were all used do you have a donkey because a donkey plays yes, a pivotal role I got one of them I, I got, got a, a dog I got yeah. a log splitter there we go we can add a log splitter. Yeah, a lot of these can be, we can tweak it. Uh, this is going to have to be bare bones. We're going to make history. <laughs> Did you see that uh, someone won a... You might have to do it someone again. Won a, <laughs> someone won a film festival with the iPhone movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, this yeah. past week. Yeah. That's awesome. They look good. Some of those iPhone movies look good. Oh, and I'm telling you, this movie pays not to look really good. Mm. It, the, 
the more grungy this is, like we should go Don't out. Give it away. We should Don't go out and buy like away, a yeah. '90s camera. To be honest with you, uh, be and, dope. and it might actually be that, cooler. That mini DV uh, one. It might make it had. harder to get the the footage on right. my computer. But. That Sony DVX twenty eight hundred that yeah. we had first. Yeah, that's that we what. Shot that's what we, one. this should be filmed. That with, was a great really. camera, man. Yeah, we could probably get a hold of that for five hundred bucks. I had a Polaroid once. You could probably get it. Yeah, maybe we should rebuy that. All right, we get. You got anything? back. I had a Polaroid once. Oh, that kind. History. <laughs> it was historic. <laughs> I love Polaroids, man. <laughs> Polaroids. It's like fuck that. I don't wait for pictures. Shake it like a Polaroid. I remember picture. going with mom to the photo mat. I love those photos. Out in front of Bradley. That looked like the coolest job in the world to me. You, just, you sit there, you, you get your coffee, box. and you just... Uh, Someone hands you, you an just envelope. Stare at people. It's not like you're processing the film yeah. in well, the have booth. You ever, have you ever done that? Have you ever Process processed film? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's, it's a lot of fun. It it's seems like fun. Yeah. It seems like it would be. We had a dark room at Manatee Community College, and I worked in the AV. Yeah, nice. And they would send me out, take mm-hmm. photos, and he'd come back, and he was like, got to hold the camera more still, dude. <laughs> That's epic, dude. <laughs> All right, Justin, let's start this off. All We're right. doing it right now? We're, We're going to do it. Let's do it. Nice. All right. On. Well, in that case, I'm just going to lead off with a heavy hitter. Oh, and, uh, a big dog. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 1989's Glory. Ah. And uh, just to go with the cast, Denzel Washington, Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, Andre Brower. Love Andre Brower. Uh, I always mess up his last name, but Carrie Elway. Carrie Elway. Yeah. Um, you know, just so many people. And this is seriously, you know, historic movie about the Civil War yeah. and, you know, slavery. And the, I, I love movies that are like, it's it's something deeper than just a movie about the Civil War. Yeah. You know, it's another layer to it. And, and Glory yeah. had that other layer with it by adding the first black regiment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a formula for all good yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Or any like movie. Like, to be honest with you, yeah. kind it was of just use a your thing squad, as a background. Right. A bigger c- contact. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And something different than we've ever seen Matthew Broderick do for sure. This was the first time we yeah, saw this him is do he, anything dramatic. This is when he lost the Bueller. I mean, it still hung around. <laughs> he lost but, the Bueller. <laughs> you know, it was still around, but he was a serious actor. Yeah, you know, yeah. during this role. The, um, way off tangent. Um, there was we were going to do an entertainment magazine at the Gainesville Sun, mm-hmm. and there was a contest to name it. And so we took we took names. We picked ten. We put them in there, and the Bueller yeah got accepted. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but I don't, you know this story <clears throat> from historical context too, as well as the movie. Because the, the big thing about this movie is the North was incompetent, <laughs> the South was or dedicated, was dedicated, <laughs> uh-huh. didn't have the same resources the North had. But they mm. weren't gonna stop. They right. weren't gonna stop. Till. Right. The, and so what they were trying to keep is to keep black people from fighting. Right. Because. And the North knew if they could get black people to fight. North had the money, too. Yeah, they had the money. Well, yeah. that's the only reason they won the yeah, yeah. money. But the, <laughs> yeah. black, uh, the North knew if they had regiment of black people, they would, they would probably do a lot better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what the problem is, was. They, like, is offering them their The South said, we won't take black prisoners. Right. So they took black prisoners of war, uh, white prisoners of war. If wow. you were in war and you surrendered, they took you in prisoner. So it's almost like a no-brainer that we should have a black regiment because not only will they be able to fight, they're not going to keep them as prisoners. Or, or are you saying they'll kill them? They'll execute yeah, they'll oh, kill okay. Them. Yeah. Well, yeah. then I guess that isn't the... Uh, yeah. They executed them so to try to keep them from... Well, gotcha, I don't want to fight sign if up. I get caught. But they made the risk uh, made, worth the reward, which well, was Well, you knew freedom. you better yeah. fight hard because... At least they're, they're telling you you're... At least yeah. they're telling you you're going to get your freedom. And yeah. it's funny because... And this was a regiment out of Maine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it's funny that 
Main Andrew Broderick his, is from Massachusetts. I yeah, this movie too. and they gave him a command, and I remember who's the black guy with the little glasses, uh, Andre Brewer. Okay, yeah. he's the from the Mist. Remember, yes, he's, he's the neighbor. Right. That's right. He's, he's so he's good, man. In, he's intense. He's he was in really my, young then, and, but he was also you could tell he was. He intense. plays intense really yeah. well. <laughs> he plays Captain Holt uh, on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. him. But no, I, I've seen him. He never has. He's hysterical, and he never has any emotion on his face at all. Yeah, all the time, and he's hysterical. Remember on on Striking Distance where where she turned him on him on the stand oh and that's he right got yeah, so yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. angry and you could oh, see wow. it in his face he was the lawyer uh that is all yeah uh, okay. it was really great well and you know and i really liked the dynamic and you can go back to the war story if you know no go ahead talk I, about the movie i really bit. liked the dynamic between him and denzel washington um because denzel was like a hardened soul you know oh, what yeah, i mean yeah. and like when he was getting whipped oh my god and the dude. tears going down his eyes but he's he didn't just like but he didn't make a noise no, he's just like this is this is Tuesday for me, you know. This well, is what I've been through and what I'm going to continue. But going he also through. wasn't going to give them the satisfaction of hearing his pain. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and and oh my god, did they refuse pay? Where's your car- got, cast list? Let me see it again. They refused the- pay until they got full pay. Like they were only paying the black soldiers like twenty five percent of what they. Paid I, the I'm not soldiers. sure about. That. I mean, I'm I'm sure that that's definitely a possibility. I just don't know if that was. So this movie leads up to the first battle of the Civil War. Yeah. Is, is what glory is about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's them going through basic and, mm-hmm. you know, forming a bond and, and getting ready to go and fight, you know. You know, my favorite scene in this whole movie is, mm. is when they're teaching people how to fight and the one black guy is a really good shot. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Matthew Broderick. It might be Carrie Elway. I yeah. think his name is Jimmy Kennedy. Came up next to him and he's like, do it again. And yeah, yeah. Boom, he yeah, starts yeah. firing his revolver next to the guy's head. He's right. Like, Hurry up. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. And he's like, he's freaking he's out. Yeah, he's yeah. like, anybody can shoot straight. Yeah. But if you got to be able to shoot straight under fire, man. Yeah. Really which I, I can't. I, the reason why I'm fascinated with war is I have no idea what kind of soldier I'd be. Yeah. I have a feeling that I might be heroic, but I also know how much I'm life preservation is strong in me i I don't think i would be as heroic as i would want to be to be honest with you like i could see myself saying i'm just gonna buy this tree yeah no i was uh, i was kind of under fire one time you Um, were i like i wasn't in the military or anything like that this was a totally random occurrence my friends and i were out they had gang banging as usual (laughs) (laughs) they had 60 acres out in madison county and we used to go out there and hunt and camp and stuff you know yeah don't go to madison county sorry but uh you got good bridges there it was a love story yeah (laughs) (laughs) not this one um no and so we were all just at camp and we were hanging out um and we had been drinking the night before we had a keg and we wanted to shoot the keg so i was gonna (laughs) shoot the keg that's not um well so I had my uh, ear earmuffs. I had my earmuffs, earmuffs on, you know, for uh, sound protection. And I'm lining it up, getting ready to take a shot. And I hear these like bees go past me, and I'm like, "Dang, I got these fucking ear things on. How am I still hearing these?" And I take them off, and I look over, and everybody we had built a trench. Everybody was down in the trench, going, "Get down, get down!" And there were fucking bullets flying overhead. So I had to oh, wow. belly crawl it over to the trench while these bullets were coming Who across. Was Just some people on the next property over. But they had to be they using target practicing. They had to be using high powered rifles because they were literally coming over our heads. Do you think that was on purpose or it was just probably they, 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 didn't, they, they were probably shooting didn't even the they didn't know there. we were there, you oh, know? Yeah. And so they just kept shooting and shooting and we were screaming, wow. but they were so far away they couldn't yeah, hear. Yeah, that's scary. None of us had any guns. 
So I jumped out of the trench and went and grabbed as many guns as I could carry and fucking came back and gave everybody a gun. We loaded up and we said on the count of three, fire back. Counted to three and like 12 of us just unloaded everything we had. Did not hear another sound for the rest of the time we were there. Isn't that how Hatfield and McCoy started? Yeah. <laughs> there next time. Yeah, but it was fucking crazy, man. That I'm, is crazy. I yeah. love the, for me, one of the, except uh, with the exception of the great acting, that music was really good in Glory, music man. And I love that that final scene where they're rushing towards yeah. the fort, fort with, yeah. the, with the flag, uh, with the flag oh and who's going to pick this up, you yeah. know, if, if oh this man drops it. And that, that's, that literally makes me emotional right yeah, now just whole, thinking about that The whole scene, scene because they you know. started as a trot. Remember, yeah. I love yeah. how they started oh, as a Going as down a the beach. Yep, the beach. The, with the cannons hitting yeah. on the beach. and like, They volunteered to be first. Yeah. Gets a fort. Yeah. That piece of music has been sampled in tons oh, of sure. shit dude yeah. if you uh, listen to that scene yeah such a beautiful powerful movie yeah you know it was and really really good made everyone's career made denzel's career oh, i mean denzel God. went next level with that movie and morgan, after that he did whatever he wanted yeah, morgan freeman was great in that movie and we've hardly yeah. even mentioned yeah you shit, know? that's true morgan freeman was um, good in that but and I, I, one of my favorite scenes is when it's like the night before the battle and they're sitting around the campfire and everything, and they're like singing that, you yeah. know, like just like gospel yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And to this he, day, I'll Denzel joined in. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. and to this day, sometimes I'll just be walking around and just go, Oh my Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> and I, it just comes out just because of that That's movie, funny. and I love that scene so much. We like, shot at Madison County. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah. That was a great movie, man. Yeah. yeah. Powerful thing. All right, Dave, what do you got? Um, let's do. Leonardo DiCaprio's Aviator. Oh, oh, such a good movie. Show me all the blueprints. blueprints. Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. Me the blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it, it well, probably one of the greatest minds. Yeah, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Yeah, of the 20th century. And he was just wrapped into a certain period of time where he was kind of connected with random celebrities. And yeah. He had so much Late damn money, but he also had so war. much ambition that he didn't stop. Right. Uh, and you realize halfway through it because he has a major case of uh, OCD. OCD, OCD yeah. And, uh, and he had, I mean, he had... If he had taken anxiety medication, he'd have been fine. He probably was even closer to Asperger's if that was uh, even kind of it wasn't even in the public consciousness at that, that point like that scene where he's at dinner and the peas uh-huh. are like touching oh, yeah, something yeah. else oh, yeah. like you can see the disgust and just the that you know, girl I dated face. Kelly yeah. couldn't have certain foods touching other yeah yeah really? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Uh, but even the scene where he's held up in the end in his uh, hotel room yeah. there with yeah. the bottles of piss and everything yeah. like that it was he's a, a germaphobe but uh, how how it was explained to me because I heard it, they were talking about him on NPR. Well, tell us about some of his uh, what his kind of. So his family, famous um, his family owned um, in Texas. They owned the patent rights to drill bits that would drill for oil. Oh, really? And they made the drill bits, but they also owned the patent to the drill bits. So his family was extremely, extremely, extremely wealthy. Yeah, right. I think they were killed. I'm not sure about that. Not though. sure. But he inherited all this money, and he wanted to make movies. He wanted right. that was the and first. And that's kind of yeah. That was his first. That Hell's the Hell's Angels, Angels was his most famous, and it went on to be a, quite a movie. He spent and so much goddamn money. He spent on so it. much money. It took three it? years. Uh, I've seen parts of it. I've really, seen yeah, parts yeah. Of it. Uh-huh. It's not good. It, it's silent. It was right before the talkies yeah, started, uh-huh. and it, it really he was actually, a bad period I think of he time. Went back and added maybe some sound way later, but uh, that was what it really hurt him because once 
the audio started working with films no one wanted to see a right. film and yeah. one of them was dead and he spent it, I think at that time it was the most money ever spent on film remember the great scene where he's yeah. like 13 cameras will do it for you no 36 <laughs> it's like yeah. 36 you can't get it <laughs> when he came to him he's like well how many cameras do you have already it's like 18 yeah. or something like that <laughs> 18 won't do it for you huh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Martin Scorsese just, we should mention the great Martin Scorsese yeah. directed this movie oh really and I it was probably that. one. Of, it was at the start of him and Leo's kind of uh, sounds like run I, together I so. maybe gangs gangs was probably before yeah, yeah, Aviator yeah. and then he went on to do Departed with him and then the Aviator was and, Catch uh, Me the Can is that a uh, That's Spielberg. That's Spielberg. Um, he stole him from him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so he tries to make that movie. And um, then he, well, his real passion, he was an he engineer. Yeah. He yeah. was an engineer and he loved, he loved, loved the airplane. That guy he had working for him that from American Psycho yeah, was, was really, really good in that movie, he was too. Super great. Yeah. And, and yeah, Danny I imagine also. people, it was a double edged sword working for him. You knew he was weird and. But he also took risks that nobody else took. Yeah, yeah. Like build this experimental airplane. They had two crash sequences oh. in this movie. One yeah, was really horrific. Phenomenal. Oh, they were both phenomenal, but one of them was fucked up. Yeah. One of them was fun. You were like, oh shit, he just landed, landed in the cornfield. And he was our beet field. Yeah, he ran right. in. He had huh. beet juice all I over him, they... and his wife was freaking out. She's like, what's? Where are you hurt? Yeah. That was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember that yeah. in the movie at he all. He had beet juice all over his pants. I remember, in. what was the one where he's, you sure there wasn't a third one where, uh, because remember he was outside the uh, vehicle already sitting there when that was when up? the That was when the X-19, that yeah, that was the, the first spy plane, mm -hmm. and the rotor blew up up high. So there was really like three. But then he built that spruce goose yeah. that they made fun of him for. It was the largest wooden transport plane yeah. ever, and he spent a ton of money, a decade, building it. He got it off the it ground. Flew. yeah. And then that was the, the army Catherine ended Hepburn up no, not, not. Uh, yeah, we should it. mention some of the celebrity connections he had. So you had the great, uh, shit, what's her name? I can't think of her now. Played Catherine Hepburn Catherine in the movie. Hepburn. Yeah, but the, uh, the, the, uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Phenomenally, and I think she job. won the Oscar for this, uh, playing Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, and she was so yeah, good. That, but you uh, also yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, the girl from No <laughs> Doubt. What's the what's the chick Gwen from Stefani. Uh, Gwen Stefani? She played. That uh, that bleach Gene blonde, Gene Harlow, yeah, yeah, and then you got Kate uh, Beckinsale who played Ava Gardner in this. Uh, one was of my that Beckinsale, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this is where he's got to do the uh, the boob slideshow oh, where he's he gets Frodo's of all the women Fro that Frodo's were uncle. Uh, what's that? Frodo's uncle Frodo's played uncle. the scientist uh, from Lord of the Rings. You mean Bilbo? Yeah, Bilbo. Bilbo. Yeah, Bilbo played Wasn't the scientist. Wasn't that Frodo's uncle? Is it his uncle? Don't ask me. I have no idea. Yeah, maybe it was his uncle. I've just never heard anyone refer to him as Frodo's uncle instead of just Bilbo. <laughs> maybe I'm more of a Frodo fan. Oh, well, there you I go. Like Frodo. But uh, yeah, and the, so the ratings board was going to... Measure the cleavage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the ratings board was going to deny... His, and it wasn't the movie. It was the poster. Yeah. He wanted to have a poster with just cleavage yeah <laughs> and they were like no yeah that. so rita he, hayworth i think may yeah. have been the wo woman in his picture and she it, from what I, I i heard this on npr recently she hated him and she hated that he used her sexuality oh, well. to try to sell this movie and huh. was like that was a different era back then yeah yeah, but uh, you know he was he was definitely uh, a very eclectic genius. Oh yeah, you, you know. he he deserved a movie about him because he had that much. And then the oh, whole I would, thing I with the Spruce no Goose, yeah, <clears throat> several breakdowns in the movie that yeah. are hap 
really happened. So really, when he gets caught almost in a loop, yeah. where he just can't get out, and they're shuffling it, and his people know about it at some point where they just shuffle him out of the room. Yeah. Doesn't he do it in front of Danny Houston at one he point, too? He does it in front of Danny oh, Houston, he also he has does. a speck of... Sh- that's Brett Data. Spiner. No, that, yeah, D- uh, Data, Brett Spiner, had, had something on his... He had a on his lapel, and he's like... Uh, You're going to need to take that off. Something on your lip. He was yeah. almost like he was grossed out. Yeah, right. Great, some great stuff like that, and the peas and all that and I, stuff really added to it. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio did his homework. Oh yeah, and spent some time with people that had. He's, he always OC, does. Man. He did a great job. That's what's phenomenal, and uh, uh, he takes. I'll seriously. always stand up for him as one of my favorite actors out there because he appreciates the material and he always knocks it out of the park. There's yeah, never yeah. a time. It you might not agree with the role or what he's doing and everything, but he does it to the hilt. I mean, I can't think, think of a, a bad, bad character that he's really played. I can think of bad movies, but he's I not think bad, bad movies. Like, I didn't, I didn't particularly like Titanic. care for the beach. I didn't like Titanic. I didn't particularly uh, care yeah. for Titanic, but uh, he was fine in it. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely do him in one of our actor pods at some point because he does so much phenomenal he's stuff. He's going to make a cameo in and Murder Farm. The more right? recent. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I talked to his agent the yeah. other day. He was all aboard. Yeah, he said Leo is ready to go. Yeah, he didn't even call him Leonardo. We're on a Leo term now. We get to see him in another Quentin movie next year, so that's one of my. Uh, movies I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, that automatically worries me. After his last role in uh, oh, yeah. Django, like I'm, I, I'm like, oh god, oh, what's no, he gonna man. do now? <laughs> he, was, he was so good in that Revenant. Oh yeah, he was so yes. good in yeah. that Revenant, man. We haven't talked about that yet. We have to really go into that. That could have been now. in the disaster <laughs> pod there too. Well, I want to do like an animals versus people type uh, pod, Sasquatch. and that will be a great one. Sasquatch. Hell yes, <laughs> there's a good Sasquatch movie. Is there? Is there? Mm-hmm. I never knew there was. Yeah. This is news to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited now. <laughs> Don't do that, Pop. <laughs> All right, my number five oh, here. Oh, yellow. And this, is, yellow. this yeah. is the one that I wish my wife was here to talk about a little bit because this was a, this is right up her alley with uh, what she does uh, for her job here. And this is 1999's The Insider. And I love this friggin' movie, man. I loved it from the start. I love Michael Mann. You've got uh, Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. And you've basically got, uh, it's the 60 minutes, and you've got uh, the dangers of smoking that's happening uh, in the public consciousness at the same time, because it takes place around Jeffrey Wygant, who's the Russell Crowe character. And he's like one of the big tobacco uh, scientists. He works for Brown and Williamson, and he gets fired, and then Brown and Williamson starts freaking out because... Even though, he, even though, no, he didn't. He even he has a confidentiality report or a clause, uh, clause uh, but they don't believe that that's going to do enough for him because he left and he's got an anger issue and everything. So he, they think they've <laughs> Not got Russell Crowe. Yeah, they think they've kind of <laughs> he like lit a fuse, yeah, yeah, fighting around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw this phone at you. <laughs> uh, so. They actually have him come back in to try to sign a supplemental to uh, to that. Damn! Thing. And he freaks out. Like, he freaks out <laughs> and show uh, me the money. Yeah, There's I something know. in this hand. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting about what's in this hand. Well, they're threatening <laughs> to cancel all his uh, health benefits for his entire family. His kids oh. got asthma. He's got all this stuff. So they're trying to get him over a barrel. And he doesn't go. He I'm goes the off. Guy on you him. pay. I'm not the yeah. guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, this was Michael Gambon. It's one of the first Michael Gambon movies I remember, and he was really powerful in that role. But behind this whole thing. Uh, 60 Minutes is doing a, uh, and it's this is like the real 60 Minutes dealing with Mike Wallace and his producer, who's played by uh, Al Pacino, and I think his name is Lloyd, I'm not sure. And uh, they're doing this random story about fire safety, and they need uh, somebody to interpret these uh, reports. And so he calls... Uh, 
uh, friggin' uh, Russell Crowe to do it, and he's there. Remember, they're faxing back and forth. He says, uh, he's, I can't help you, and Al Pacino takes us back and says, won't help me, can't help me, don't care to help me. Huh. And he answers like, uh, yes, yes, no, or, <laughs> uh, or whatever it right, would be. Yeah. And uh, so right there, Al Pacino character knows something's going on with this character, and he has a story, and he wants to tell it. Mm. And basically, he kind of pulls it out yeah, of him. There's a bigger story and here. There's a bigger story here. On, huh? And he realizes that what's actually going on is uh, he's got firsthand knowledge that the tobacco company, it's no... Uh, it's no surprise that smoking's bad for you, what? but they're doing impact b- boosting with ammonia to make uh, the nicotine you hit you this, quicker Justin? and hit you stronger. And my wife could break down all the chemicals and everything like that because she works for an anti-tobacco, <laughs> uh, anti-tobacco kind of uh, uh, nonprofit. And uh, this guy and a couple other guys, she works with a guy that was named Dr. Ginobili who went through a similar experience as this guy with the insider, except this Jeffrey Wigan actually had the connection with 60 Minutes. So uh, what a lot of the movie had to do with was trying to get him out of his claws. And it was a, uh, one of my favorite oh, scenes of this uh, was where they hire, you know, Bruce McGill oh, yeah. uh, from, uh, I don't know, I always think of him as from the Tales of Crypt episode, but Bruce McGill is awesome and uh, uh, he's a character actor everyone knows. Uh, he has to come down, and they, he has fought big tobacco before. So they go right to him, and they said, "If we want to get him on the record in a deposition in like Tennessee, and we figured if it's on the record of dep- uh, uh, the deposition, it's out there, and he's free to speak to us about whatever he wants." Uh-huh. So they go down there with big tobacco, sends their lawyers and Wings Hauser, you know, from mm-hmm. Police uh, Squad, yeah. that guy that beat that girl with mm-hmm. the uh, coat hanger. The coat His hanger. son is uh, Cole Hauser uh, from Pitch Black, and. Uh, He's the one that was injecting the stuff in his eye in Pitch Black, the main good guy, sort of. I'm blanking at the uh, moment, but probably. And, uh, it should f- be noted that both of our wives work in the dangers yeah. of tobacco. Yeah. My wife is a research scientist for UF studying the effects on animals, preterm birth, yeah. and she has a mouse model that she's using, and your wife is works directly with, kids. with keeping kids from smoking. Yeah. Or, and Justin, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, Smoke, and it smokes my wife's brand menthols because <laughs> he doesn't want to prolong the cancer. He wants yeah. to get it over really well, quickly. Well, a yeah. lot of what my uh, wife does too is deal with the um, the masking of nicotine on the shelves oh, yeah. by like yeah. these are candy flavored. Have this banana flavored vaping stuff where. And if pink, you've seen the package, look at the pink stuff, dinosaur. He's so cute. Don't you want to be like him? So it's I'm, I'm just gonna step outside for a minute and go have a cigarette. I'll be right back. <laughs> Anyways, some of the I didn't mean to call you out. Maybe it'll stop you from smoking. Uh, I'm working on it. One of my favorite scenes in this movie was uh, Christopher Plummer played Mike Wallace. And there's a great scene later on where where Stephen Tobolowski and Gina Gershon, who play the lawyers. Because what goes on is behind the scenes, there's a couple different things going behind the scenes in this movie, a very layered onion. Uh, (laughs) And one of them is that CBS is in the middle of being bought out by a company. And they think that if CBS runs this uh, story about big tobacco, that it will affect the sale and a lot of people will lose money. So they want to kill the story Mm. because of it. And it's the first time this has done this and, uh, and Mike Wallace is super pissed. And at first he he buys in. He, he's like, well, I'm good for – if any story can run, it's better than no story at all. And there's a scene where he's 
at CBS uh, offices and he's looking up at the monitor and he's watching the segment. He had just got done telling Al Pacino, I got three minutes on the evening news. You should check it out. And then he's sitting outside and they literally have him say one line in the interview and they cut it and he turns and he flips out. Probably one of the best angry scenes I've seen Christopher Plummer do. He runs up to uh, Gina Gershon and he says, you cut it. You cut the guts out of my story. And then she's like, Mike, please. And he says, oh, Mike, no, it's Mr. Wallace. Uh, And then he just goes, off on her man yeah and it's really fun but do you remember how this movie ends i do uh with it being uh they want uh al pacino is up in montana at a restaurant and catches two people that he knows are fbi and he's not sure what it is and he just accidentally pops into the unabomber getting caught holy Uh, shit and they get the story for that because al pacino just happens to be there at the right time and he gets a tip from uh uh, from that guy who ran the hospital in uh, bringing out the dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you drink any more water, you're gonna die. <laughs> I loved him, uh, but yeah. So it ended with that whole Unabomber thing happening. So it was a very intense historical movie. So if you haven't seen The Insider, check it out. That my, sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. I took my girlfriend at the time to see it. Yeah, and she fell asleep in the first five minutes. <laughs> it's like a three-hour movie. Oh, she yeah, slept yeah. through the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh, and the other thing, I, it was cool. I heard an interview with Russell Crowe later on after he had done this movie and done other movies, and he was like. Because he, he was heavy in this movie. Yeah. And uh, they wanted him to put on like 40 pounds. And he was like, this is well, some of the best preparation for a movie I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. like, I ate cheeseburgers and drank bourbon every yeah. day. <laughs> so much I bourbon, asked my, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so much I asked my agent, what are the fat guy rules you got? Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm looking to gain another hundred. I'm thinking about making a transition. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking jacked up. Just oh, yeah. a movie or two before. Yeah, yeah, I think friggin' or after too. I think Gladiator was like the next year. I think yeah. that was like two thousand. You know what? And I and I we talked. I think we talked off pod a little bit about the Christian Bale methodology of the fluctuation in yeah. weight. If you look but at, but if it's the only thing you have to do for six months, it's just not good for you. And you ha- and you hire a nutritionist and you yeah. hire a trainer. He was I eating mean, a can of tuna fish a day for the machinist. Yeah, though, and they said that was not enough. No, but I mean, like I said, you know, when you and I did one of the Marvel pods, we were talking about how Tom Hanks got diabetes from you know losing and gaining all the weight yeah. and I, I said dude give me 20 million dollars yeah. i will get diabetes for you <laughs> i will lose a foot you yeah, say that right? now yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 million dollars i will give get me. diabetes for you i will give <laughs> you my right foot deliver the candy yeah, you got the cash yeah. he'll uh, definitely 20 million get bucks diabetes. you can take my right foot go ahead <laughs> i will be your little outbreak monkey yeah. <laughs> now hold on We're, I, now i'll let you literally saw my light foot off for 20 million dollars I mean, not with, just, not can, if I'm awake. Can I? I'll yeah, just, can I have some anesthetic? Yeah, no, I would do it. Well, no. I would do it awake for twenty million dollars. I don't know if I can. It's do weird. That. You would pass yeah. out. That's how I think how you would pass out is. pretty. Yeah. that you would quickly. you would give up one of your body parts. <laughs> well, th- first of this all, this is a new horror movie. I'm writing this shit. <laughs> hey, first of all, idea. that could be a game show. Yeah, uh, I I came up a good ooh, idea with a horror movie the other day. That shit. When that's I was a good one. When I was talking to Haley the other day, we're telling a national audience right now. I was talking to Haley the other day, and I came up a good idea with a horror movie. Pat and Ben, don't don't steal this. But she had she had gone to San Francisco and stayed in Airbnb with. Their friends yeah. mm-hmm. and they uh, and we were talking Airbnbs and uh, about how they run and everything and she's like they had two rooms that were completely locked and you don't know what's inside. I was like horror movie, wow, right there. We had one. You know the owners stay in that room for yeah. a, for yeah. a night or two 
and let the people not realize that they're there. Then they come out of that room and they start slaughtering everyone That's, one by one, and they go it's back. Like Killing in Paul's movies, you ever notice that? It's <laughs> <laughs> internal rage. Or Luckily, he doesn't do it in real life. <laughs> he doesn't gets it out of his system. Yeah. So, so you think? All yeah. right. With, with that, I'll go to your next one. All right. He doesn't even throw a newspaper around. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't touched a newspaper in years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, this is 2008. Tom Cruise Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, this movie is about uh, an attempt to a, an attempt by the Nazi Party, like yeah. people inside the Nazi Party, to take Hitler out of power. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise plays a Nazi. Um, and in the movie, it starts, and I know you've mentioned this before because you think it's really cool when they did it. Um, the movie starts off, it's all in German for like the first yeah. 20, 30 seconds, and they zoom in on his face, and he's having a phone conversation, and yeah. all of a sudden they it stole that from, They stole that from Hunt for October. October. That's, okay, that's and arguably with Hunt for October, I think it worked. Uh, this movie, I have, I've never seen it. I've seen parts of it, but I can mm-hmm. tell you right now just from seeing the parts, I wish it was in German. Well, you know, I would have had no problem reading it. Yeah, it would have. Tom I mean, Cruise probably would have been okay. With it too. I will always pick original uh, dialogue d- language mm-hmm. and yeah. with subtitles. Then, like, not. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated with this television show called Narcos. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. all it's like subtitles. Right? Season, it's it's there are Americans in it. Yeah, so and it's when like they are seventy percent, seventy five percent to eighty yeah. percent, it's in Spanish. Uh huh. And I love it watching the. The only you have the option, is you, you can I think play it with. Yeah. Overdub, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? Why yeah. would you want that?" Right? Yeah. If you don't have time to, watch, they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm doing something." Then watch something else, and then put that on when you. Have I can right. understand it with like uh, like our martial arts movies that we like because it yeah, adds yeah, to yeah. some of the cheesiness yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so um, I have not seen this movie, so uh, you'll have to tell us. I mean, it's all a about famous. It. It's a famous. I knew they the knew I knew the story. The problem it, with the problem. I mean, the the I was going to say the problem with Hitler. <laughs> Let's unroll this the problem with Hitler. <laughs> this pod's I mean, gonna be way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the context of a megalomaniac as he was, he was irrational. Mm-hmm. And the goals that he the was play trying, with his own people. Saw. Yeah, yeah, his goals crazy. to like he wanted like he wanted to be updated on like like front line in real time information to the point where he's hand stringing a lot of his generals mm-hmm. to where they well, couldn't make a move without. Sharing his move and getting feedback on whether it was okay, and it was right. like I can't run a war. You can't run a war. Well, and he yeah. had he had groups of scientists doing weird shit. Yeah, like, he had groups. They, of they'll do a movie about just that. Yeah, he was. He and I had don't know one if group I could of watch that. That He had one hard. group of scientists who was their only job was try to teach dogs to talk. Did you know that? It's true. <laughs> I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard any yet. <laughs> You've seen the movie about I've the... Seen, uh, I've seen... Uh, <laughs> Nazi zombies? Didn't you Nazi see that Nazi zombies? One? I've yeah, seen that. They, Dead Snow? Is that what it is? Yeah. Maybe that's yeah, what it was yeah. where they, they give them the meth? Yeah, I'm like pretty sure. Like in the sure chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the movie with Frodo has a neighbor that's a dog and he sees Frodo it? or Frodo's uncle? Frodo. I'm confused. No, Frodo. <laughs> Elijah Wood? Elijah oh, with uh, Wilford? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's talking about... Oh, shit, man. That's where I came from. I knew it. That motherfucker was on to something. So anyways, like I was saying they were so they wanted to they were like okay we can probably end the war and keep a bunch of the land that we've acquired up to this point Mm -hmm. which is they what they if they had had any brains at all yeah we'd have given them poland we'd have given them you know if they pulled out of france and uh so they did they and this what i think they did several times they 
did plots. But this yeah, was the there most were, there were several attempts, but this one. was yeah, this was the biggest one. And I mean, you know, it almost worked, you yeah, know. It almost worked. Um, yep. and so basically Tom Cruise is a Nazi soldier, um, and he's missing, I believe, his right hand. Um and an eye. Yeah, and an eye. Um, and he's started to realize now that like, you know, like you said, the you know, some of the Nazis were looking at Hitler mm-hmm. and thinking, like, dude's lost his shit. We need to do something here, you yeah. know, um, because he's leading us down a, a journey that's not going to be good for us. You Sounds know? familiar. Yeah, no shit, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Want to help the country out. They're going to fire Michael Flynn today. You watch. Are they? Uh, but um, so he basically becomes involved in a small resistance group um, that is planning to try and assassinate yeah. Hitler. And... Um, it's, it's a, it's an intense movie and the plot, you know, it, it's almost like a con movie, you know, because they have to have IDs and personnel and equipment yeah, and yeah. all these things and, divert and know, troops to different places, right. And, and know where Hitler's going to be and, and, you know, uh, like, what is it? Account for variable change. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's what, that's what made it fail is they didn't account for yeah. variable change. And the change. problem and the big ass and German engineering fucked that whole plan up because that table they had, the right. thing was built too well. Too well, yeah. And um, it, it, on a on a note, my wife's is German. Mm-hmm. My wife's American. My wife's father was born in Germany mm-hmm. and grew up during, uh, maybe he was a boy, mm-hmm. um, but her family was involved in the Valkyrie plot. Oh, wow. And because of it, her, I don't, I'm going to get it wrong, so I'll just say. Family sorry. member. Uncle, mm-hmm. the uncle's wife, and the uncle's six-month-old daughter oh, all got death sentences. Jesus. And, well, the Russians liberated before they before carried it, it Oh, fuck. Um, but one of her uncles ran t- to, I don't know which country, but got on a train dressed as a woman. Wow. And they caught him, too, escaping. Oh, wow. But they were, you know, yeah. in some capacity, I don't know if they were German soldiers but in some capacity they were part there's of there's an yeah. interesting book out there on, and it will sure as shit be a movie at some point and I've heard somebody else talk about it uh, I'll tell you briefly it's called Operation Mincemeat uh, oh, they haven't made it awesome uh, already yeah. it's about the British trying to uh, to change the course of the war by uh, they figured out that if they dropped a body in a certain place, that it would go towards where the Germans are, and they That's wanted true. to plant plans on yeah. this body. But they went to a huge... They had to find just the right body. They had to preserve the body a certain way and already put certain uh, wounds yeah. in it and stuff down his throat. There was a lot of science to make this work, and then the currents had to work just the right wow. way when they put them on there, and it worked. And then the Germans got the plans, and they thought they were real, and they started changing things that the British wanted them wow, to change that's awesome. because of that plot. Uh, and, and there's a mo- book apparently called Operation Mincemeat, which is all about that this, plan to do that. In war, like the, the administration of war and the use of like disinformation is mm-hmm. always fascinating oh, yeah. to yeah. me. Because it is. They... The reason why, um, the reason why Patton didn't lead the land, other than Patton being a being a crazy person in his own right, a mm. megalomaniac, and God, I almost put the, that Ike movie on here. 
Oh, really? With Tom Selleck. I didn't see it all. I don't think. With Gerald McGraney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He there's a there's a great scene not to get off on uh, what you were saying there, but with uh, Gerald McGraney, he just came in for like three minutes to play Patton, and oh, he right. went into uh, Tom Selleck was playing Eisenhower. He had the shaved head and everything mm-hmm. in there, and he Patton comes into his office, like crying in front and, of he, him or something? and he breaks. That's Patton, a famous story. Yeah, he breaks down in front of Eisenhower. Please, please, I need, please, this, I I need this. this. I need this, and he's crying yeah. his eyes out and on his knees. Yeah, and then Eisenhower says you can have it, and he walks out and. His guy in his Jeep sets out of go. He says, got him right where I wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the Germans assumed that Patton was going to lead the the landing because they knew the Americans were coming. Yeah. And they thought the Patton was going to lead the invasion. So they went, they went so much into like tracking Patton's movements. So they, they had Patton had a fake force. Yeah. It was way. It's like south. double covering a football player. You yeah, know? it's almost like yeah. we know it's that like they gotta... we need to draw away as much yeah. of the SS and and firepower south of where the real landing is going to happen. So they made him and, and it probably pissed him it. off oh, because Pat, I'm the decoy, the fucking decoy. Yeah. Yeah. but the you're the high profile guy. You're the other GLG twenty. Yeah, you're the GLG twenty. I was just going to say that. Oh, the decoys. Well, real quick, so um, because I really want to just get this. I keep plot taking out. over you. No, it's okay, dude. You're good. I I, I appreciate the history buff in you. Um, so they decide what they're going to do is they're going to plant a bomb under you know Hitler in a briefcase mm-hmm. at a meeting. Um, and once the bomb goes off, they know that Hitler is going to be dead because they know all the ins and the outs of this room that they're going to be in. Who's going to be there? Who was his right hand man? I can't think of. His- He's a, he was the guy in. Uh- uh, Bill Nye was in this, and so was uh, well, Kenneth no, but I mean, in, in real life, Hitler's right-hand man. Oh, Rommel? Man, Rommel. No, God, no. Rommel's. Goebbels, Goebbels that's yeah. who it was. Um, he ends Rommel's up, the Desert Fox. That's Yeah, yeah, okay. he's Desert Fox. Um, so, like, you know, he ends up possibly being in the equation as well, so they have the chance oh, to yeah. take both yeah. of them out. Um, and when the bomb goes off, then this resistance group is going to, uh, like you were talking about misinformation, yeah. they're going to send a, a message to the switchboard mm-hmm. to like have the SS come and like, you know, or the army's going to come and take the SS over and take them into custody. And they're they were overthrow. like Hitler's bulldogs. Yeah, they yeah, would right. have fought to the last yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And wouldn't have believed. And anything. so, yeah. And so, um, you know, the message was Hitler's dead, you know, and so they send it out. The bomb goes off, but the thing was is they had changed the location. It was still at the camp. What was his – the Eagle's Nest? Yeah, the Eagle's Nest. Yeah. Um, I think – Just Band of Brothers, man. Band of Brothers, man, when they oh, raided yeah. that. Um, so I don't know if he was there. Maybe he retreated to there. Um, but they ended up switching rooms that they were going to be meeting in, and yeah. then that table was too well built, so Hitler survived. So there was this mass panic back and forth yeah, yeah, of yeah. who's going to take control? Is Hitler mm-hmm. still alive? What's going on? And like that whole like 25, 30 minutes of the movie and watching how everything plays mm-hmm. out and like, oh man. And there's one super powerful scene too. And I would never like to say that a Heil Hitler is a fucking powerful scene. But Tom uh, Cruise's character is missing part of his arm. And. He tells one of his superior officers, like, you know, I basically feel like I've given enough to this country already. And he makes him give the Heil Hitler salute, you know, and he does. And he puts, like, half of his arm up to do the Heil Hitler salute. And, like, you can tell it's like a fuck you. One of the first times you ever saw, like, it was a good use of of CGI. like that and Forrest Gump, you know. Yeah, Yeah, Forrest Gump. You got no legs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, my only problem with the movie was Brian Zinger directed it. 
Brian Singer's right he's up. Kind of a douche. Well, he's he's like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey times two. I think. Yeah. Don't sue me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People still giving him work, man, and he it's really it's really sad because everyone knows he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> but, and that had come out already before this movie came out, and. Uh, I'm not going to say I dislike Tom Cruise because I like a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Like Tom uh, Cruise, so. Some of them that I, I, I don't. I want to see that. Uh, I see more. That well, that, that Mission Impossible. No, no. The, that one the that. Hotel, the, what's the one when he's in South America? Wasn't it the gun exchange? Huh. I don't know oh, the American, I think. American, is that what yeah, it is? I think. So. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I, I watched like the first fifteen minutes of that, and then had to like go do something yeah. and didn't get to come back to it. That Mission Impossible movie was probably the best movie I've seen this year. Yeah, it was good. That Fallout, it just came out on DVD. So. Oh, really? We yeah, saw it, it was theater, good. right together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so good, intense. I was holding the fucking chair. Grab my arm. I can't take, <laughs> it. I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you got? Um, here's an. Uh, I like. Well, I, my historic movies, a lot of them I like slow movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got two one, super slow movies on mine. Concussion. <laughs> oh, man. Concussion was so good. With uh, Will, Will Smith. Smith. Will Smith. Okay, yeah. Awesome job. So Tell good. the truth. I'm not, yeah. Tell the truth. I'm telling you. He does, that's a good impression. <laughs> he does a really good accent. I'm not a huge Will Smith fan, but in this movie, you wouldn't even know it was Will Smith. Yeah. He did such a convincing, like, uh, what was it? Nigeria accent? Nigerian, Nigerian accent. Uh, and it, it was phenomenal. He did a really good job that at times in the movie, you forgot it was Will mm-hmm. Smith. You thought it was somebody else. I think he did the same thing with Ali at times. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and I that's the other movie that I like him in. I maybe I just don't, maybe I, you just don't like movie. Will him and, Smith. Well, him no, it, it's not even that I don't like him. It's you just, just see the Fresh Prince in the that, That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I always see the Fresh Prince, and I'm always thinking of him being stupid and goofy, which I like the French Prince. Now, uh, uh, Men in Black he was perfect for, because oh, yeah. that yeah. kind of attitude I have the same problem with Jim Carrey at times. Sometimes I think of him as the fire marshal, right. uh, no matter no matter what he's doing, <laughs> or or Ace Ventura bending over and like talking yeah. out of his ass. Yeah. I'm like, I'd like to ask you a few questions <laughs> <laughs> to Tone Loke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, this movie was phenomenal though. I love anything football related, and yep. this was obviously very I, historical. I like, I like cover up intrigue but you also like investigation investigation type like like laboratory watching yeah, yeah, yeah. people put things together people yeah. getting caught for shady shit i love yeah. that too i love that <laughs> you know? and satisfying you know, the nfl as much as i and i like football too i love football um it's, one, it's but, my favorite sport for sure and, and i'm fine with people getting cte if they just, know about no, it yeah just <laughs> say hey no, no, i'm gonna pay risk. you 300 million dollars to play football but this might happen and you yeah. gotta you got a seventy percent chance that twenty five years from now you're gonna be depressed. Go crazy, and, and this yeah. is what this movie is about. It's about CTE. Why don't you tell us about? about so CTE it. results from the brain hitting the inside of your skull, just like repeat concussions. repeat concussions. Yeah. And what it does is it builds up a protein when the impact area builds up a protein. And I know that scientists out there. Are gonna scream at my freaking out at my description it's bad just to go back to that it's bad <laughs> so the plaque forms in the brain almost like alzheimer's mm-hmm. yeah although i so, think so you much can't that really they detected as much so much so that they thought it was they alzheimer's. thought people were all they thought that players but, were having but they were like early these, these guys are alzheimer's. like 40 and 50 but the not percentage of football players that were becoming that was a lot higher than the average general public so right. the sample wasn't right yeah so this one doctor that's played by will smith Bennett? He works. Is it something? Bennett? Yeah, yeah, he works in the Pittsburgh uh, Memorial Hospital, yeah. and he's in. He's a. He's on duty as the principal, mor- um, morgue yeah. superintendent, or 
what do they call it? Forensic pathologist. Forensic pathologist, yeah. And uh, so he, this, um, so they start out, who's the guy from uh, Green Mile? Michael Mike, David Michael. Morse. David, David Morse. Morse was so good in this movie. Yeah. There, there's a couple of like character yeah. really actors tiny, that came and in. It was a small role for. Uh, a, it was only 10, 15 minutes. But it was it was he powerful was powerful and manic that he had to play this character that was had full blown CTE going yeah. on. So one of the it, to get a good idea what the effects of CTE have on you, picture Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. He was diagnosed with some of the worst. CTE. Yeah. He had the brain of like an eighty-year-old man. That's terrible. And he was 30, yeah. 28, yeah. 30, He was a gator man. Something. Yeah. yeah, he was a gator. There was uh, the scene where David Morse is inside his truck and he's intentionally oh, shocking yeah. himself in the leg with yeah. a stun gun. Yeah. And you don't know why. You just realize he's trying to get whatever's going in his head to stop. Right. He just wants he it was to stop. Pulling his teeth out and yeah. gluing uh, them back in. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and then fuck, man. He, it was really brutal. And that it was guy, hard to watch the guy from uh, Dexter, the bad guy, the really yeah. tall guy, was the second guy that we saw. Uh, yeah, well, I won't know his name anyways. I guess we can <laughs> give him credit. Uh, he he was good really job. good in this, and yeah, he, he was, was a good example good of someone that was uh, going to threaten his family, too. Yeah. He was phenomenal. His name is Matt Willig. He's like a monster. He's like 7'2", man. He's, he's probably huge. WWE or something. I don't think he is, but he's really good. Should be. Richard T. Jones, you see go nuts in this movie. You just see. Yeah. And it was all Pittsburgh players, and it's all like one after another, man. Yeah. And, and so the doctor, so he drew the pathology on this David Morris character. Obviously where, something the NFL is not going to be happy to hear. Well, instead of just saying, yeah, he died, he dug deeper. Yeah. He actually used his own money to commission further studies on the brain because he was concerned. Why would a semen... Because they cut him open and the brain looked healthy. Yeah. Right. By sight. Until you and went it's like deeper. like there's no you, way. Right. So he had... And my wife does this. And I'm sure I'm going to fuck this up too. <laughs> but she takes tissue samples... And you put them in formula, and you slice them really thin, right. and you put them on slides, and mm-hmm. you stain the slides, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you examine them under microscopes, and they right. found they saw all the gaps and the proteins in this brain, and he's like, you know, this is not natural. This, yeah. and he said it has to be occurring because he was watching some footage of these men smashing helmets. Yeah, that example that he did for that for his uh, oh, love interest this movie the, when he put he took peach. a mason jar and put a peach in it and kept shaking it and shaking mm-hmm. it. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, oh shit! I didn't hear Somebody's I'm, fired. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just a fine. I, I heard that's kind of punitive, man. <laughs> I heard your phone. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the pod can continue. <laughs> you, you, you just me yeah. and you. You transition the shit. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Book of Eli. That's yeah. all we're talking about. <laughs> and Napoleon Dynamite. I've never seen it. So move you, on. You got to check it out. <laughs> right. I'm going to draw us back in like I would have done anyway. Okay. But uh, what was great about this is, like you said, it took such intense testing to figure this out. It's weird that the the FBI or the uh, NFL guys didn't be like, "Hey, well, we screwed up, but we didn't. We it wasn't our fault. We wouldn't have known to go that deep into it and check it out." Right. So they well, thought that, it was Alzheimer's, except for that Al one Baldwin's cowboy character. guy. That uh, one to get played cowboy. <laughs> the cowboy. Uh, yeah, the guy who played private he cowboy said it in perfect. Full Metal He's Jacket. Like, it's a 20 million viewers uh, every Sunday. They like yeah. the NFL yeah. owns a, Sunday, day, of the a week. day of the week. Yeah. He's like the church used to own it, but they don't own it anymore. Yeah. Real shit. Yeah. yeah. NFL owns it. NFL Sunday. Yeah. yeah. 
but Alec Baldwin coming over really helped. He, he was, was good. The, he was the old like uh, he was really good. He was the old doctor for the team during mm-hmm. all these times when these guys were getting these concussions. And he said it straight up. He said we would we would fix them up. We would pump them with this 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 and this, and we yep. just send them out there. Yeah, yeah. we just keep them standing and send you them out there. They're like very long they're like cogs in a machine. Star players out of yeah. out of entire games yeah. just because because it's it, it's it's like it's 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 kind of like PS. S- PTSD. 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 It is. They didn't know much about it back in World War One. Right. Yeah, they were like, why are people coming home like yeah, this? Yeah, they just called it yeah. shell shock. Yeah, yeah shell shock. And, well, yeah. Every generation has a new name for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And then finally they started, you know, okay, this has real signs, real symptoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same with CTE. So, I, and this is funny because in my, in my team, one of my good friends um, played in the NFL. Yeah. He was a star player at Penn State, mm-hmm. All-American, got signed by St. Louis, played three seasons in St. Louis as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Played for Jacksonville and then played for the Patriots and then played on the practice squad and retired. And uh, I said to him, I was like, you know, you have a son now. I was like, you gonna let him play football? And he's like, uh, we haven't really got yeah, got there yet. conversation yeah. yet. But yeah. I was like, and I said, he's like, I said, do you are you worried that someday you might have CTE? Because he's like, you know, you get if you start playing in Pee Wee. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and he even says in the movie at some point, like, it's basically like just getting into a car accident over and over and over and over again. Thousands and thousands of tiny little car accidents. How many wrestlers might have CT? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at all the... If you track the timeline of the suicides suicides? compared to the NFL, it's... And what was the statistic I pulled up after we were talking about this earlier? I pulled the statistic up. They tested 111 brains on NFL players. It was a lot. 110 had CTE. Wow. That was like 78. I think there no, was like... 110 out of 111. That's sad. So it was one person that didn't one have One person that did not. Oh, shit. Man. Shit, man. That's crazy. I mean, I think these were people they tested because they well, thought had it. Like you said, too, you know, if the people know what the uh, ramifications yeah. are before you sign up, yeah. more power I mean, to if you. he's going to get diabetes for $20 million, yeah. what <laughs> the fuck is he going to do Let's for do $100 million? Because I can tell you... Oh, son. If you're a, we can think of some shit. Yeah. Smack my head in the wall for fucking six days straight. Uh, Russell Crowe hit me with that phone. Yeah. Do it! <laughs> I fucking dare you. Please, man, have another. Please, man, have another. Uh, well, like you said, you know, it's, uh, it's insane that if you like football and you're a football player, it won't stop you. You know, right. you're still yeah. gonna but do it. One thing we didn't talk about is all the pressure that the doctor had to keep his fucking mouth shut. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like death threats and FBI. Remember the FBI? Uh, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about his boss, um, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Yeah, they fucked him over to get to him. Yeah, and it's like I hadn't seen Albert Brooks. I mean, in a like while. this is, and I'm watching it, and I'm going like, go to the press. What yeah. the hell, man? Why yeah. don't you go to the press? It's out there. Then you don't and have to worry about it. Yeah. I have something coming up that. That's a good example of how yeah. going to the press really yeah, yeah. helps. But uh, yeah, nowadays, it, you in, unless you want to try to get a payday from the people that you're blowing the whistle yeah. on, yeah, <laughs> the public roll will be those guys and see how that goes. Yeah, like you, you said, disappear. I mean, if you get that out there, every parent that has a kid in Pee Wee football what was, well, is going to pull their yeah. shit. But out what of was it. what was the there was a t- statistic that said if just ten percent, yeah. Of mothers pulled their kids out, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be enough players in the NFL. It takes that many, like that's a, such a slice of the soccer's getting big, man. Yeah. I mean, soccer's I know they do. Big. I know they do headers, soccer, but yeah, very rarely. It's no soccer's yeah. players, you know, dying of CTE, yeah. freakouts. Yeah, 
Crazy. All right, so my next one, and this is another movie that I used to own on VHS, and I used to watch it all the time, and uh, I was a huge fan. Is uh, 1994's Robert Redford's Quiz Show. Love Quiz I Show. Seen this in a long time. I love the story behind it. It was one of the first times we saw Ray Fiennes in anything. Yep. Uh, so basically, what it deals with is the old game show Twenty One and the scandal that was evolved uh, around it. And this was in the uh, late fifties or no. early sixties. Game show? No, it was American. It was American. John Turturro uh, in this. Uh, John Turturro was yeah, amazing like in the, this. One of the main quiz guys. Uh, right? Yeah, he yeah. he was the winner. That was so. What's happening in this is. The, the network, the network, and the people that sponsor the show, which was uh, damn, I can't remember who sponsored it. It was like Wago. Uh, no, it was something. <laughs> it was big. It was uh, Geritol. It was Geritol. And the, oh yeah. And the main guy who was the head of the Geritol was Martin Scorsese. Oh, There's wow. like three different major directors in this movie thrown in there that Robert Redford put in there. But what's basically happened is this is a huge game show uh, in the late fifties. And uh, the people behind the game show are giving the c- contestants the answers. They're right. straight up telling them the answers, and they're controlling who it is. And the problem with is they get tired of John Turturro. John Turturro's not the face of what they want 21 yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. He's kind of arrogant. He's a, he's a brash kind of asshole. And uh, they tell him, you're going to take a dive. And not only are you going to take a dive, you're going to take a dive on a question that we know you wouldn't get ever get wrong just to be dicks to him, man. Yeah. And the people that were uh, controlling it was Hank Azaria and uh, David uh, Pamer, who's the guy from uh, Payback. You get, your slice of the part just got a little smaller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, guy, that little weaselly guy. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. He was great in Mr. Saturday Night. Uh, so they decide to get Charles Van Doren, who comes from this huge family. The Van Dorens are a huge kind of uh, 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 family and up, upper uh, elite kind of uh town in like Connecticut or something like that and they don't even like ease into it like when they're interviewing him they're telling him we're gonna give you the answers you know and we're not we're gonna start not necessarily giving you the answers but we're gonna ask you questions we know you already know the answers to mm-hmm. so they interview him a lot and they they'll start giving him questions he good about too stuff. he would have done well anyway and they but even John Turturro kind of worked in how much of a kind of thing this was they taught him to Listen to the question, put your hand over your mouth, then breathe in, then breathe out. So much so that John Turturro is like walking them through Charles Van Duren doing it mm. on camera. He's like, look, he's really good at that. And yeah. the next thing he's going to do, he's going to look to the right, and then he's going to look to the left, and then he's going to give the answer. And it's like, it's like these guys have been set up to do this Damn, thing. Damn, that's crazy. So what happens is uh, they bring in Rob Morrow. Rob Morrow is famous for Northern Exposure. He's mm-hmm. the main guy from Northern yeah. Exposure. And he was really good the at radio this. radio DJ dude? Uh, yeah. No, that was... Uh, that was his friend. That was, uh, yeah, that was his friend, uh, the like hunky guy. This was the shorter guy yeah, that yeah. Uh, was the doctor in oh, town. Oh, okay. And uh, he came in and he worked for one of the Senate subcommittees to do an investigation on this whole thing. And it started, he was talking to all the contestants, certain people wouldn't talk to him. So it was this big, great investigation movie and figuring it out. It was also the Charles Van Doren character of Ray Fiennes really upset with himself that he ever got involved in it in the first place because he probably could have done really well. They were asking him all sorts of questions and some difficult scenes where he's t- he has chances to tell his dad what's going on. Uh, but what, 
was phenomenal about this is this changed the industry of game shows so much so that there were no game shows in the 60s they like fucking they, they like did the gong almost, oh, wow. you know, they did they the almost, gong show and no that's the 70s silly shit. Uh, no the 70s is when that oh, started again out. like one in 25 there was like pyramid uh they were all the 70s all those uh things in the, i used to love all those old in the 60s shows. game shows died <laughs> Ken Jennings cheat? Did that motherfucker no. cheat? <laughs> this uh, this movie completely changed it to the point where they had to rewrite it, and like independent companies were given the answers and everything, and they didn't want mm-hmm. uh, all they were separating themselves from the network and everything like that because it was a pretty big thing because what they were doing wasn't necessarily illegal, but it was immoral and right. it was fooling the public, and yeah. the public really did not like uh, what was going on here. But it was a really told in a great way with so many great actors involved in this. The uh, host of the show was uh, Shooter McGavin, like super young <laughs> Shooter right. McGavin. Right. Uh, and he, he had some great, great stuff in this. Uh, now, didn't they make a movie, an Indian movie? Yeah, yeah the uh, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. Uh, that was based on the the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. Uh, that was, was, that's was a true story. Yeah. It was a cheating scandal there with was, an Indian game show. It's more than that, though. I think he he did it just like uh, he was like blackmailed to do something like that. That was a good movie. Did you ever watch the show Press Your Luck? Oh, love with, it with no whammies. I'm a huge game show fan. Do you, do you know uh, about the scandal? With Absolutely, that? I don't. Oh, oh yeah, it's a great. They have a whole hour long special was on it. New when the whammies were coming up. Yeah, yeah he, so he he uh, he memorized the, the, the beeps and the patterns, and oh. he would win. Every single yep. time. Like, I think he won, like, $75,000. Isn't that, like, just counting cards at Blackjack? Yeah. I mean, well, because it would go... Yep, yep, yep. But he sat at home and, like, for years tried to figure out the thing. No, no, no. No, he pulled that shit off. But they had to change it after he did it. So it was a pretty good... Because if you're good at Simon... Yeah, right. Remember that video? Remember that yeah, oh, yeah. I grew up uh, watching a lot of game shows. We oh, yeah. always grew up watching like, Price, right. Price is Right. Yeah. Was the Price is Wrong, bitch. <laughs> that's, that's the second Happy Gilmore that's reference in the, in the same movie. Wow. In the same movie. Uh, even still, when I'm at home and there's nothing good on TV, I'll put on the game show network and just mm-hmm. let it play. And during the day, they play those old Richard Dawson match games. But even oh, yeah. some of the newer games, like uh, Alfonso Rivera does like a blackjack game called 20 uh, uh catch 21 that was re- it's really good but there was one of my favorite clips was the dating game and the, the host was like where's the strangest place you've ever had sex and the husband was like in the butt. laundry room and the wife <laughs> yeah, turned yeah. the card over and said in the butt oh that's i didn't know i was just joking too that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> oh my god and everybody was like just Whoa. silence. I can just imagine crickets on the. Well, they have the TV. new Nulio game, and they're, they're can they still th- that do that? That would seemed... fly in the new uh, Nulio oh, game. Would it? Yeah, they they would not have a problem with that. They are a little. Richard Dawson, risky. he was a little creep too. He would oh yeah, he pawn was, every yeah. fawn on it was every, awkward. Oh, yeah. every it's like yeah. it was a little uncomfortable. Very, <laughs> you don't see that. Sports thing is like you ain't pulling the. But we watched. Yeah, right. but we we watched the morning ones, and then we watched like um, the Family Feud. Yeah. At night. Oh yeah. Family Feud. They were fun, man. They always had good hosts. That the Family Feud was cursed, though. Remember? Uh, well, yeah. Two or three people died. Uh, no, just uh, the one guy killed himself. Well, just yeah, Ray Combs. And then the other killed himself. Another guy had a heart attack and died. No, because the other guys are just rich. I can name them all, man. That's how good I am. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dawson, and then you had Ray Combs, but then you had Al from Home Improvement. You had Elaine's boss from Seinfeld, and then you have Steve Harvey, who's still doing it, uh, and he's really good at it. Uh, it's definitely a different type of game, but. 
uh, Price is right. Was you, can, you can always you absolutely can go back and watch quiz shows. I used show, to, I used to a good one. like play hooky and eat grilled cheese sandwiches yep. and tomato soup and uh, watch. I made uh, Price English is right muffin pizzas. Yep. Oh my! I might have just to do that. English muffin pieces with uh, little, little marinara. Hunt's tomato sauce and then go. sliced cheese on top. Ah, oh, I will like make it. them right now. I know, right? All right, man. What you got? Eat them. All right. So real quick, this next one is brought to you by Diet Coke. Um, <laughs> when you want to put chemicals in your body, <laughs> diet coke. Except <Yeah>. no substitute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, you better call them and see if we can get yeah, them, I know, right? some money off of that. Um, all right, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and stick with Tom Cruise here. You're killing me, bro. I know, right? But you know, <laughs> the thing is, and actually, I have a funny joke Mission, about this. Impossible Fallout? I, I will believe that's historical. It, if we it will be it. soon. <laughs> um, 2003's The Last Samurai. I actually um, enjoyed this movie. It was good. In it a weird... Good. Go ahead and tell us a little about it. I'll tell you a weird story about it after you tell us so, kind of the synopsis. Uh, so, first of all, all I can think of right now is when Paul Mooney was on the Dave Chappelle show talking about how, like, you know... Tom Cruise is the last white samurai yeah. my ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> shit's so funny. Um, so basically, he is a uh, Civil War yeah. soldier. Um, and and he's a prized Civil War soldier, but he's mm. also a drunk. Um, and he's like kind of traveling the world. Um, and they're in China now. Uh, yeah, it's just um, not easy to do in 1860s. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see, I, this is so fucked up. Is The samurai were Japanese. Yeah, not Chinese, yes. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. so he was in yeah, so he was in Japan, Japan not China. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, you had half of. I, I, that's why I wanted to make sure I got, got that. I do apologize. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they're not exactly friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so get and out. <laughs> also, uh, I love man. He's gotten skinny in his old age. Um, Timothy Spall. Yeah, you, Timothy Spall. He him? played our, our Wormtail in uh, the Harry Potter films. Oh, really? Huge Harry Potter guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, major yeah. character. He kind he of he played uh, the uh, Ron's rat. He turned himself. He could turn himself. He was Ron's rat for like twenty years before he turned himself out of Ron's rat into really? uh, who he was. Yeah, he was uh, Voldemort's right hand man. Huh? You talking to the wrong person? Timothy Spall. He was also <laughs> he was also really really good Is that in English. Uh, he was speaking. He was also <laughs> really good in uh, the. What is the uh, Sweeney Todd? Oh, really? Yeah he, oh, yeah, he was one of the guys that he slit his throat. Oh, nice. It's great. Um, well, so he's like Tom Cruise's biographer. Yeah. Um, he's there to just get a, a written history of what's going on in present day. Which is a weird character for him to play. He usually plays a lot more of a kind of weaselly kind of Yeah, he's scumbag. very he's very kind of like moral and yeah. almost yeah. stoic, you yeah. know, like when he's just like writing down the battle and everything that takes place yeah. and he's just up on the hill watching this battle go on and like, you know. Um, that was always the weird thing about the Civil War. People would go and have picnics. Yeah. And take their kids. Yeah, it's like, oh, crazy. let's watch some of the most horrific fighting between and and have a sandwich. everyone we know. Yeah, yeah. and have a cucumber sandwich. Yeah. Oh, Past the mustard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so at this point, the samurai are still um, like the protectors, or they're considered yeah. to be the protectors. They're not quite Ronin. They're not Ronin. Yeah, not Ronin. Yeah, exactly. Takes a yeah. dive or something. Yeah. Right. Um, and so. Um, there's another guy here, and he's in a ton of movies, and I really want to get his name right. Ken Watanabe. Is, I love Ken Watanabe. Yeah, he man. is such... Raja, no, uh, the fake Raja Ghoul from Batman. Remember, he's the one that pretended right. to be Raja yes. Ghoul. Um, and the other one Was is... Was he also in that um, movie when they're fighting on top of the branches? No, that was Chow Yun-Fat. Chow Yun-Fat, yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't in that movie no. at all? I don't um, think so. 
And the other one is uh, Masato Harada. He's awesome. He was He's really good great. in this movie. He was, um, he was one of my favorite things about this movie. The He was like the leader of the uh, the guys. Yeah. I definitely yeah. didn't see him. this movie. And oh, it's good. It was good. You know, I, And I, I'll mention it now. This is what was interesting about this movie that I mentioned. is uh, Remember I had, I had a short stint for like maybe two months where I wrote online movie reviews for the Kingsville Sun. Remember that? Mm-hmm. When you this was the first movie I did. Oh did you? Oh, and, wow. I, and I did it from a perspective that I'm not normally a big Tom Cruise fan, but mm-hmm. he knocked this one out of the park and yeah. I gave it a really good rave review and I've got it someplace. I had printed out all my yeah. reviews nice. that I had written for the Kingsville Sun. It's funny, I did band and, reviews too, but they yeah. thought I was too nice to the yeah. bands. <laughs> they didn't pay me. That's why I got out of it. I was like I I could be doing my other shit, man. Yeah. I'm not, I'll stay and do this if you want to pay me. But I could like, be doing a podcast, yeah, motherfucker. Be, damn, man. <laughs> back, then it the, back then it would have been the first one. But yeah. <laughs> that pays dope. Man. Yeah, man. Um, so there's getting ready to kind of be, there's a buildup to be a battle between what is like now the Japanese army and the samurai. Um, because the samurai has gone the way of the past. They're no longer needed, but they still feel their fulfillment and obligation mm. to protect, you know, uh, is it the emperor of Japan? I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they, they, I think there is a first battle. And Tom Cruise, they hire Tom Cruise to lead their men yeah. and get okay. them ready. Yeah. I have seen this. Okay. It was good. Uh, they had several battles, I think. The last one, obviously. Well, but he ends up one. getting injured somehow. Yeah. And Ken Watanabe takes him back uh-huh. to where the samurai yeah, live. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and, you know, he's got... He, like, lives among, among them. Well, and he's got of, PTSD, yeah. you know, and, like... and, and It's one of those situations that would, it turned out to be the best thing to ever happen right. to him. Yeah. Just for his soul. And, yeah, and, and he learns all about, like, who these people are yeah, and what they believe real, and how special they are and, like, you know... It was really intense. It was a really great movie uh, about, you know, bringing that outsider in. Yeah. And at, from a script standpoint, that's just perfect because anytime you can put your main character uh, in the eyes of, like, the audience where they're learning stuff along with the main character, it's right. really easy to get your information out. Yeah. And now, did this have anything to do with Sun Shi, the art of war? Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. I don't think so. I don't so. think so. No. Um... But he ends up... So in one of the battles, Tom Cruise kills a samurai. He ends up being taken care of by that samurai's wife. That's right, that's right. And they, through all the time that he's there, end up falling in love. Um, And they eventually teach him... The way of the samurai and like now does she know that he killed her? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, she is fully aware, you know. Um, but that's just like her duty as part of the village, like you're gonna take care of this guy and bring him back to health. Hey man, that's the way of the samurai. Yeah, I guess so, you know. Ghost dog. Um um, not to be confused with Plague dogs. <laughs> Have you seen Nobody Ghost that's dog? ever seen. Yeah. You ever seen Ghost Dog? You Nobody's ever seen Ghost Plague dog. Dad. You would love Ghost Nobody's Dog. Nobody's ever seen Plague Dog. <laughs> Confuse it with anything else. Yeah. Um, so you know, basically, this whole thing leads up to um, him becoming like the last samurai because of the final battle that's going to take place again between the Japanese army and the samurai. And by this time, he's kind of proved himself to all the people, and they give him the like garb ceremonial robes yeah like and the whole outfit and everything yeah. of the samurai that he killed you know awkward yeah i know right <laughs> in the moral uh, story don't get killed or your dude's gonna take your girl and, uh, and steal your clothes, steal right? your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um and so they they go and they prepare for this battle and like the battle is intense yeah some the battle really, is really good he, no, he wasn't kind, it, yeah. was it guns versus no, yeah, but knives? it was swords it was too, swords I mean. versus like cannons and guns yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
but he also like employed a lot of like war tactics yeah. that he knew from being in yeah. that side of the, the flanking war. maneuvers yeah. and right all that and kind also of stuff. like they set up like um you know places where they would like light light a line on fire and they couldn't get through there but yeah. they would wait till they were on it before they lit it and trenches with sticks and you know what i mean like trenches with sticks that's good beast oh, yeah. master style beast master yeah style. <laughs> what do they call <laughs> deadfall the yeah deadfall, deadfall yeah, yeah. yeah they put the moat and then they put dirt over it yeah. So. yeah right um and basically the japanese army just slaughters all of the samurai and uh what's his name that we were talking about yeah. earlier He's just standing up on the hill, just watching like the last of these people just being destroyed. And you know, got to be a Ronin now. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) and there's a very emotional scene at the end between uh, you know Tom Cruise and Ken. I can't think of his last name. Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, what is the Iwo Jima? That was the big. That's the one. That that was the big one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I never saw that one. Oh, so good. It was way better better than than the 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 companion piece. That flags our father was horrible. Because remember. Uh, Clint Eastwood put both of them out, one from the Americans' point of view and then one from the uh, Japanese point of view. Of Interesting. This, of the same I didn't thing. know the, that. Japanese? And the Japanese one was awesome. Really? They, yeah, but the, the American one was just nothing but uh, apple pie and fucking flags, and you're like, what? Japanese yeah. wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. So they had and it was two options, in like black and white. They would kind of stab themselves style. in yeah. the stomach and disembowel themselves, yeah. or they would take a hand grenade and pull a pin and yep. hold it against their chest and oh, wait God. for yeah, like wait for somebody to. Oh, man. That would be like the longest five seconds of your life right there. Well, it's like in kamikazes, too. Yeah, hard hard to fight somebody that's willing willing to die. die. It's like trying to beat the Taliban. It's like they got a line out the door. People willing to strap shit on their chest. You're next. You got those 2,000 versions ready for me? Yeah, God. (laughs) I thought it was 60. But uh, 72. (laughs) In my 20 20 million? (laughs) Trust me, I'm Muslim. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nothing <laughs> wrong with being Muslim. <laughs> I'm not religious at all. All right, Dave, what you got? Uh, let's see. Got what something involving religion? I do. <laughs> <laughs> the passion. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's kind of depressing, but I'll talk about it anyways. Uh, Spotlight. Yep, I was I was leading them into that. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Spotlight? No. Man, really good. I think it really takes good. place think in our backyard. It was one best picture like three up. years ago. Okay. Is that the one that they had the mix-up on? Uh, no, that was La La Land. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spotlight it is a series in the Boston Globe, which I used to deliver. Paul probably delivered yep. it to. Yep. Um, what it is is they were back in the in once when journalism was an art form. I don't know if you remember that. Maybe it was before your time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) But they used to, they used to be able to do stories almost like they were police detectives. Yeah, it was like they didn't have to tell anybody what they were doing of the paper. They just got. They had a team, just like investigating. They had a bunch of investigative journalism, exactly. But they just had a name for themselves, right? But the name of the team was the Spotlight. Uh So they would uncover things that were going on, and this was specifically within the Globe, specifically to the Boston area. It was and the Globe or was it the Herald? It was the Boston Globe. Yeah. The Herald was more like Yeah, the that Post. was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always confuse the two, but... Uh, yeah. The Herald I, was like a tabloid, and the uh, Boston Globe was actually... Boston Globe was a good newspaper. paper. We used to get that up there. Yeah. And uh, so what had come to light was that there was a lawsuit that had been settled by the Catholic Church over some priests that had molested me about this. Yeah. some children. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to get the story. Who played the one crazy lawyer? Mark Ruffalo. No. Mark uh, Ruffalo was the investigative journalist. Who's who's the lawyer he kept going to see 
that was oh, out oh, there. Oh, 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 yeah. Damn it, just... Oh, Billy Crudup? No, he was no, the handsome one. The was, other guy, uh, um, Stanley Tucci. Oh, he's Love Stanley great, Tucci, man. man. Stanley Tucci was the all over the place defending... Love, lovely Bones. All I think of him now is yeah. Lovely Bones. I love to think of him from Devil Wears Prada. Have you, yeah. That's interesting. He I love Devil Wears Prada. such a great fucking <laughs> Now, see, that's that a romantic movie. comedy I could get yeah, into. Yeah, see? Uh, but... But back to my depression. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to bring it up, man. <laughs> hey, history is fucking so, depressing, man. What they end, what they found out is that the Catholic Church, and this is what really happened, and it's probably still happening, is when guaranteed when they every day. molest someone instead of taking them out of a parish. Shuffle. They would shuffle them around to a different parish, or they'd move. They'd move them out of state, or they'd send them to rehab and then bring them back. Yeah. And they were settling out of court for like twenty five thousand dollars to keep people yeah. up <clears throat> silent. And they finally got some people to come forward that like these priests were molesting young. And it children. was like it was almost like accidental. I can't think it, of a bigger betrayal because if you're a catholic in boston and boston's a oh, yeah. hugely oh, yeah, religious yeah. catholic town right. i mean oh, they yeah. run the haunted houses the baseball everything cookouts everything the is police. done with the jc's probably <laughs> the police i mean you had to be catholic in certain parts certainly of societies helps. yeah it certainly helps you didn't yeah. have to be but it right. certainly helps yeah. like being catholic and catholic is one of those being catholic is one of those religions where you didn't have to stop drinking or doing some of the stuff. No, you just you just asked for forgiveness yeah, on for, Sunday forgiveness or Saturday. On Saturday later on, yeah. and uh, you were fine. But anyways, the priests were molesting children at yeah. it's a ridiculous rate. Like they thought it was a few priests. Yeah, mm. they didn't. Realize then how they started the uncovering, and it was like ninety. Well, we should mention. Priests. Let's talk about some of the reporters in the on the team. So it's yeah. run by Michael Keaton, who yeah. is Michael amazing Keaton in this movie. Run, was the uh, editor in Spotlight? It, it was the editor of Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, Lee Schreiber had came you on the cast to this. Did you have the cast? Lee Schreiber came on as the new publisher. Yeah, right as the movie. That's right. That's right. Started. There well, was a new. Did publisher. Hank Azaria leave, or is that a different? I'm thinking of a different movie. Thinking of a different oh, movie. I'm thinking of Shattered Glass. But, similar, but uh, Shattered, yeah, yeah, similar. Uh, that, yeah. I think that might have been Man, the boss. That's a great movie too. too. We could have put that on here. Yeah. Uh, but no, that wasn't. That was the the airline flight magazine. Uh, that the Republic. Oh, that's okay, what that okay. was. That was a magazine. Okay. But so you've got Mark Ruffalo who played like. Manic and intense yep. through most of the movie. Yeah. He was like freaking. Out. We gotta do something. We gotta, we gotta do something. Gotta get him. Gotta like you get got him. the impression that he might have been molested when he was younger, yeah. but he all it, they it certainly it like certainly that. touched him a big amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've the girl also got uh, the girl. Yeah, um, that's who I was pulling up. I always forget her name. She's from Red Eye. She's awesome. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel yeah, Rachel and then John yeah, Slattery was in this yeah. uh, for he Mad Men. Awesome. He 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 adds so much to a role because I hate to say it, it's just that look, that white hair yeah. that he has, and he looks the part. And the guy that was the was the was the uh, spokesperson for the for the archdiocese. So basically, they were trying. They had the archdiocese of Boston. Was the oh Cardinal Law? Yeah, I think and his name Crudup, was. Crudup and like uh, was a lawyer. Was a lawyer for the Catholic Church and settling the cases. And the Cardinal Law, they wanted to try to say that he knew what was going on. Yeah, so that they could expose the bigger uh, Jamie Sheridan. Yeah, that's the one the, from Quick the, Change that stole from, his. That's funny. Got a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember sir. him from he's uh, Flag in the Stand. He's the villain in that's the, right. the movie The Stand. That's right. Weird casting, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I do like Jamie. Sheridan. So it was a. It, it had one element. I've seen this movie and it. I've seen it a I bunch, it, and I think I've only. Seen I've seen it, it a twice. bunch. They don't really go into the molestation. No, you it, know it's. It's already been molested. It's in the past. It's in the past, and they it, they don't show. It's not like. 
it's not focused on that. It's but focused you do on get the to, undercover investigation. You do get to see a lot of the the troubled victims. You did. You who, get whose life some is all the, fucked yeah. up now because of it. Yeah. And it was fabulous, man. It was a really great movie. I'm surprised it won Best Picture, and I was glad that it did. Yeah. And it was a, tori- a story that needed to be told, and I guarantee you the Catholic Church probably even fought for it to... Not be made, get or not be made, or at least to knock some credibility off of him. Some but. serious high-profile actors in that yeah. movie, though. So you would have had to go on a you would have. around a lot of people. Yeah, and they uh, they're still uh, still fighting priests. the good fight. They're still firing priests I, now. From on a regular people. fucking basis, dude. Like, yeah. why don't I don't understand why the Pope doesn't allow for uh, uh, get, just to get rid of the celibacy part of it? That, because that's the problem. That, I mean, that I is a lot of the problem. Is this pent up? Uh, kind of not allowing these human beings to do a human natural thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, is, I'm is sure there is a certain segment of the population that are pedophiles oh, that certainly gravitate so, certainly towards so. this work because it puts them in proximity of children. But I bet half. But I bet half <laughs> probably joined in earnest. It could be a good... They joined the priesthood in earnest and then just for 25 years and not be able to express yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's messed up, man. It's messed, messed up, and it's. Uh, I suggest that everybody watch going. this movie. Yeah, it's a really good. You one. should watch it. Yeah. just to understand. It's not a difficult watch. Too. It's there, not. There, there's nothing difficult. in there that's that's like, oh my god, this is really difficult. Right. Well, I mean, besides the, the main subject matter, it's the but, matter. But yeah, exactly. You're not seeing stuff like that, like in Primal Fear, where you were seeing priests actually yeah. doing stuff, and yeah. it was it was kind of creepy. Uh, but yeah, it was a good historical movie and a good pick there. All right, from nine number three, and I'm gonna go into uh, I don't have many war movies on one, two basically, but this is the the one. And I saw this movie. This is 1992. I saw it in the theater twice in the same day. Oh wow! I went and saw it by myself at noon, and then I took Dave and his girlfriend to go see it at night. And I've been a champion of this movie since that very first day. And this is 1992's Shining Through. Really fantastic movie. And this is also could be considered a love story in the kind of background. Yeah, it's a love story. It's a love story. Uh, for sure. But, but it's got it's, Nazis. It's got Nazis in it. <laughs> it's uh, before... Well, it up a love story. Before Liam, Neeson, <laughs> before Liam Neeson played Oscar Schindler, he played a uh, Nazi. And he wasn't really a... He wasn't really a horrible Nazi in this movie. Uh, at more than uh, you hadn't seen him. You were only seeing him in his home life yeah. uh, and everything. Yeah. But what... The meat of this movie is you have uh, Michael Douglas as a spy, and he's going on all these crazy missions. Well, Melanie Griffith comes in the movie as just a secretary needing work. She, uh, but she's very smart, super smart. And she's got a lot of different skills, and she almost doesn't get the job uh, uh, being the uh, secretary at the thing until she goes out into the lobby and they hear her speak German to some woman who's having a problem. Mm-hmm. They're like, you didn't mentioned you speak in war, uh, German because this was she was working in an office for the like war department working under one of the main strategists who just happened to be a spy and she actually figures she it, figured out. it out and it was really well because she's doing all these notes for him so she gets yeah. hired and she's working under Michael Douglas even before that scene there's a great scene where she's being interviewed and he tells her to turn around and she's like why well, you need me to turn around yeah. he says I, I, like, I don't appreciate it. I don't need to turn around from you you can do this for me sitting and he was like I was going to have say turn around and tell me everything in the room uh, just to see if she's how uh, clever she is yeah. she, she just sits the there and she names like 10 things that are behind her at oh, that point that's awesome. and everything and she's like calendars are on the wrong thing this is misspelled this is going off and, wow. and he's like who the hell is this chick and at 
the next scene where he's, she's translating these coded messages and they're clearly coded. Mm. And I, I have come mm. from the sea where five uh, birds are uh, swimming. Uh, she was yeah. like finding north. And Didn't everything. she knock their coding and, system? And she's like, like, she's like this is obviously, this. these five are obviously talking about submarines and this is obviously talking about this. He says, you need to get better code stuff. And everything. Yeah. she watches a lot of movies too. Yeah. She's like, you know, she in does. this movie, uh, they use this and everything. And, uh, He's breaking it down and everything. And, you, you know, I know, are, are you a spy? And she's like, you do this, but you don't say this. And she's, he's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> but he gets turned on to him and they end up starting this, this relationship. Uh-huh. But almost immediately when they start, he ends up having to leave. Uh-huh. And uh, she. Well, I don't had, think war had broken out yet or something. Uh, yeah, or his, it had worked. The American out. involvement hadn't broken out yet. I think it had, but I don't think he had. He had been at the office for a period of time where she didn't think he was going to leave, but he had to leave on this big mission and everything. But then he had come back. Uh, but before that, she had. Uh, they they realized, and she actually had sat in on the meeting for this, where one of their inside guys in Germany who had been. He had been a dressmaker for one of the major higher-up guys in the Nazi party. Mm-hmm. And what would happen was the dressmaker would go to the parties and get uh, go to the bedroom and uh, and get the wife ready for the big uh, parties that they have there. And while they were having a party, he was allowed to stay back in the room and drink a glass of port. And while he did that, he took pictures of everything. And oh, he was wow. sending him back to the Americans. So he was a good guy in there, but they obviously found out because he got hung. He had mysteriously hung himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Isn't that how it always They're trying happens, to figure usually. out somebody to put in over there because he had valuable information. And they were going back and forth. And, and Melanie Griffin's like, that guy won't fit in. That guy won't fit in. He says, you need somebody who could uh, go over there and cook strudel like her grandmother taught her because yeah. Melanie Griffith is like half Jewish, but she's also half German. And she was raised by German parents. That's how she knows how to speak German. Mm-hmm. And Michael Douglas feels for her. He doesn't want her to do it because he knows how dangerous it is. Right. And I, uh, My favorite scene in the movie is when so she goes and gets she, hired as a yeah. domestic and the fucks up the very first that time. Was, the, the goal was I'm going to impress these yeah, people my so much with my cooking skills that they're going to want me in that house. Yeah. But yeah, she goes She and serves I, the soup hot that's supposed to be served cold, but then she the undercooks pigeons, the pigeons. Like, to the point of being raw. Oh, and, fuck. And then they cut to the the owner of the house screaming at her and kicking yeah. her out of the house. And then this is like, but on the way home, ass, he ate the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens is on the way home, she's literally walking home from getting fired, and yeah. Liam Neeson pulls up to her and says, you obviously don't have cooking experience. Don't worry, the uh, uh, the people, the agency has done that to me before. They've sent three people over that can't handle kids with a nanny, and boom, that's her in. And nice. that's it. And it he's was a even bigger target. Than, yeah, than it was the a other bigger guy. target than oh, wow. trying to get At one her point in. where she's, I, I had read this, that at one point where she talks about the people that had come to the house for the parties, one of them was the Tom Cruise character from Valkyrie. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, which was interesting. Yeah. And... Uh, some of the best stuff with me is she gets hooked up with Jolie Richardson, uh, who who's the blonde girl from yeah. Event Horizon, and she's gonna yeah. uh, and John Gielgud. John Gielgud's the uh, guy from Arthur yeah. that uh, got her into the country and everything. But I love how he, she got messages back. She would go to the fish. Uh, monger mm-hmm. and she would say it's fresh cotton season and that would let her know that he would say yes it is which would allow her to give a note to him and what he did is he would put it in the mouth of the fish mm-hmm. and then delivered it yeah. off and everything and they were doing a test remember they did a test at one point kid, dragging the bratty kids across town to go yeah to well thing. that was when uh at first when she was first trying to do it with jolie richardson they said send anything uh 
and everything. And she wrote her family, who her Jewish side of the family, who that was over there in hiding. She wrote their names down to oh. be found, and That's she right. she did it as a test. But when she went back with the kids mm-hmm. to send information, they were like, "You were looking for something last time," and she freaks out. So you found my family uh-huh. uh, and everything. So that's just kind of a backstory thing. But what's fantastic about this is at some point. She's about to be made. Michael Douglas knows Very, she's about to be this made. This is one of those movies where, like, you're taking little spy pictures and the guy's coming around the corner. Right, it's yeah. very tense. Yeah, yeah, they did that so yeah. many times that you're like, your nerves are kind of shot. Yeah, right. It's really, During really fantastic. Movie, it was movie, really man. great how and they did it. Yeah. it. It holds up super hardcore, too. And uh, That end scene was there's fucking a, awesome. Yeah, I'll tell a little bit of the end scene, but there's a point where... Uh, she has to run to five different places yeah. to be able to get away from uh, from the Nazi While party. While pretending who to still her. take care of children. Yeah. And like- but then even when she, she dips out of Liam Neeson's house, she sees Liam Neeson take a gun out through like the doorway. So she knows she's going to get killed. Yeah. So she dips. And now she's in the woods at night. And then she has to go to Gilgood's house. And Gilgood turns her away. Yeah. Sends her to uh, Jolie Richardson's house. And you realize Jolie Richardson's in mm-hmm. on it. It's a double and, agent. And she's like a double agent. So she has to jump out the window. Oh, wow. And then she... Uh, she was uh, getting ready to kill her. Yeah. But no, she didn't jump out the room. Remember, she went down the... Uh, uh, she went down shoot. the laundry chute and she's like bleeding to death because Jolie Richards shot herself and shot her in the yeah. stomach. Oh, wow. So Michael Douglas shows up in the morning because knows that she has to be at the house someplace. Yeah. And she's in the and basket, right? He literally has to carry her on the train. Yeah. And Michael Douglas is wearing a bandage over his he throat. Because he can't speak German. He can't speak German, so he, so he puts the pretend. thing over his throat and he has a card that says, War veteran can't speak. Uh. So he can hand it to people. So. It gets all the way down to the all he has to do is carry her over the line into Switzerland. Yeah. And his people are on the other line. They're like, just get her here, man. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like one of the most amazing self sacrificing type things where he literally has to open fire and then run with her carrying her lines where he stumbles over that line until they fall. Oh, it's like snipers line. shooting him. Snipers from, are yeah. shooting yeah. everywhere. Oh, and man. right when he passes the line, <clears throat> the sniper on the Swiss side can start shooting right. when they shoot at him. Uh-huh. So then he starts taking out people and it's just intense man very does, intense does he make it or does he die? I, i'll leave that i'll leave that as a secret man because this is a this is a, like dave said this movie holds up and i i you should see it's it. also the, a movie that not many people have seen it, yeah, people forget weird. about shining through and this was a fantastic fantastic movie great. so really great all right so definitely check it out what do you got there Big all right Jay. uh number two uh, uh, this is kind of a coin toss because they're both really good toss that coin man um heads Sure. <laughs> okay, then we'll go with Deer Hunter. Mm. Yeah. The shortest wedding scene ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like three hours long and a third of the movie. An hour and, long. And is the wedding sequence at the end. <laughs> punches the ch- check out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, that helped this movie majorly. It, it's probably one of the most... Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, just expositions with getting to know people and getting to it know the, mostly the friends. And Well, that's what it was because not... If it wasn't for that scene, you would not feel for these characters as much as you did when they showed them good. Like, I won't jump up. ahead, but everybody mm-hmm. remembers it for the one scene. Yeah, but this, basically this movie is in three parts. You have mm-hmm. the wedding sequence, you right. have the time in Vietnam, and then yep. you have the after effect Co- of coping what, with, of it, what coping with it. Yeah. Why don't you tell us, you saw this movie young, or is this something yeah, you saw later I, in your life? I mean, I probably saw this when seven. I was like, I was going to say like eight Six or Six or seven? Dad um, thought it was a smart idea? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know the scene where they where they go hunting. Having met your dad now, I I understand. I, I, I kind of see him taking me to these movies. <laughs> <laughs> the hunting after the wedding sequence. Um, well, the part where they're coming through the town with the deer on the hood. Yeah, you know, 
my dad's from a town that's just like that. Um, I think the movie takes place in Pennsylvania. Um, and you know, like he was basically like, this was how I grew up, you know? Um, shit faced. Yeah. Man, that wedding. Um, no, but I mean, when they went hunt. Oh, when they went yeah. hunting. Remember, one of them forgot his faced. shoes, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he had to oh, kind of God. wear his tux because they went right from the wedding ceremony to the uh, to, to these the lodge. were these were like real. Well, I think hunters. they were getting yeah. ready to go, and this was something one that of bonded them, them together. One of them was getting ready to. Yeah, Christopher Walken's character was getting. ready I think to he go. was getting ready to go, but then between that and the time that left, I think De Niro and uh, and Fredo, not Fredo, the other guy, uh, the guy from uh, Carnival. Yeah, John. Uh, he was John a, Savage. Yeah, John yeah. Savage. Yeah. So great. I love John Savage. John Savage is one of those uh, actors who reminds me of uh, Crispin Glover. He, yeah. He's just kind of off in yeah. real life, but it makes the his characters he plays really well. Mm-hmm. Good. And he he was one of the more touching moments and kind of uh, stuff was when he was being forced to do what he was supposed to do yeah. in uh, Vietnam. Uh, but yeah, why don't you tell us some. Uh, well, I mean, you know, so, what's your favorite wedding scene? Yeah. <laughs> it's a long ass movie. No, it, really it is a long is. ass movie, but like um, I said, every scene is important but it kind of, in this movie. I think it showed the grittiness of Meryl Streep too. You should mention Meryl Streep. Oh yeah? Pitts- yeah, were they they were steel workers? Yep. So it's Pittsburgh. So it must have been Pittsburgh area. Okay, in yeah. The surrounding counties. Yeah, because and my dad grew up in like a coal mining. Yeah, town, yeah. So you know? definitely that was this. Right. Yeah. They shared a lot of the same attributes. Right. Um, so bring, you know. bring us to Vietnam, man. Well, no, and so, yeah, I mean, well, they all end up getting... They're buddies that have to go to war. Right? Yeah, that's they basically... all get drafted. See, it didn't and... need that one hour, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they could have just started in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Driving them to the airport. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and, and I mean, it's basically, you know, it's fucking Vietnam, yep. you know, and but they end up getting captured. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's uh, I don't think De Niro did. No, no De, Niro, De Niro was there. Three, De Niro, of them. all three, all three, all three. walking. Yeah, John Savage and uh, yeah, it was right out of something John McCain probably could speak. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure, like, yeah. Bamboo. Well, they were having fun with psychological. These guys. Oh yeah, like uh, stress along with it, it was almost rats and like starvation you, and everything yeah. that they Viet, North Vietnamese. Well, made. it was almost like they were trying to just kind of uh, break the boredom, the Vietnam, yeah. uh, the VC here, I imagine because they were playing what they were doing. They were playing Russian roulette. With the, they were forcing the Americans to play with each other. Didi yeah. Mao, and like, oh, it's insane. And all three of these guys had to pull out an insane performance. Oh yeah, uh, John Walton, Savage. That was probably one of his on the edge performances. Well, he he got that way towards the end. I thought. Yeah. I thought his. His ramped up towards the end where he was gone. You could look at yeah. walking oh, at the end of this yeah. movie, well, he, and went, he was not he there. Yeah. He well, back. that was the problem. Back. No, he went back. He went back. He went back. Yeah. De Niro's he the went, only one I that make came a out. <laughs> yeah. De Niro's the only one who came out with his mind completely sort of right. Intact. Because uh, Savage was never going to be right. You could tell when it was happening yeah. to him, yeah. and he was losing it, and then he ended up losing his legs. Did he lose his legs? I think I he think was in a wheelchair did. when he came back. Did someone die in the camp that they knew too? Like it, it wasn't I, this the one? No, maybe. No, was, I think they they killed a couple of Yeoman Johnsons. Maybe that was missing in action <laughs> where he's like, he's only faking. He's not. He doesn't have real bullets. Uh, uh, different movie. That was Mission in Action Two okay. when they put the rat in the yeah, bag yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, that wasn't. This was all Russian Willet. I'm sure they did other shit in this yeah. too, but oh, man, that was so fucked up. It, it was fucked up. Bamboo that. under the fingernails, man. Yeah, that's that was the. And other then thing they I had to like escape doing. in the water, you yeah. know, in that kind of the Leech rapids. Infested, uh, and it was intense, yeah. and and you could tell while you were watching it that this is the type of thing that'll ruin these guys the rest of their yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and in me, one way or another. And, and to me, like the you know, there. To me, it was all about 
the mentality of like what this would feel like, what you know, what yeah. you would experience yeah. if this was the horrors of war. Yeah, yeah. you know, because um, it wasn't like, I mean, yeah, there was killing, but it wasn't like war movies like uh, Platoon or you this know. This was more the psychological, exactly. Yeah. You know, and the things that you have which to is almost, endure and which, go through, which is almost kind of worse. You know, if I could Absolutely. choose, if I was going to go to war and I could choose to either lose a foot. Yeah. Or to lose part of my mind. Yeah. Take that. Take both mi- my feet. Twenty million you know? dollars. Twenty million dollars <laughs> <laughs> per foot. Per yeah. foot. I gotta stop saying that. I'd like to keep both of my feet. <laughs> Forty million dollars. You can give up your feet. You can uh, get new titanium uh, ones. Uh, You're like Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you got feet. <laughs> get sponsored uh, by Nike. <laughs> it'd be the next Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh, I don't Just don't shoot. No, you don't want woman on the planet. <laughs> You're going crazy, like oh, uh, So yeah, man. I mean, that that was a powerful movie and yeah. like you said it, it kind of all went down to that third part man where it you've got to nero who really was upset that all his friends were fucked up yeah. over this yeah and he had one chance to maybe save one of his friends yeah and uh he had, uh it's a shame meryl streep didn't have more a bigger role in it her, her role was intricate you know when she came back and she he had to get information from her about what's going on now who's where how right. did they how have you changed through this? And you know, at one point, that De Niro was going to have to go back there and try to save one of his friends. Yeah. But when he got there, he was not expecting to find what he found. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Tell, I mean, tell us a little bit what he found. So he was walking down into the basement, and there's all these people screaming and shouting and gambling and yelling. And he walks up, and there sits Christopher Walken and another guy with a pistol and a red bandana wrapped around his head. Yep. And, you know, he's fucking playing Russian roulette. On his own free yeah, will, not being you know? forced to. Yeah, and he was earning money, man. Yeah, no, he. I think he won a couple of rounds. Yeah, you know. But he literally, he had De Niro shouting in his face, man. Yeah, it's time to go. Oh Let's go. I mean, I think he would have. He was playing until he. Killed yeah, himself. yeah, he had already made his mind up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, it's Russian probably, roulette's not hard yeah. if you if you accept the inevitability. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think of the, this probably we could start a list of probably ten or twenty. Uh, actors who were were able to show us that vacant out there look Mm -hmm. more than anything another one that comes to mind is d'onofrio in the in the bathroom in Mm -hmm. uh full metal jacket where Mm -hmm. he was just yeah he's gone man he's out there like pluto yeah and that's exactly how uh uh freaking walken was you knew that and you could tell almost before he fired that one bullet that's what's gonna happen man and it's the only way it could have possibly ended yeah but. Intense man. I I love the uh, Michael Simeo is the director of this, and I love him specifically not only for this but for Year of the Dragon, which is one of the one of my top ten movies that no one besides me loves. <laughs> uh, the one with Mickey Rourke and Raymond Barry. I, I love Year of the Dragon, man. It's such a great movie. Who doesn't uh, like Year of the Dragon? A lot of people. A lot of people haven't seen it, man. It's like it's all about San Francisco Chinatown and cops and grittiness. And Michael Simeo did a really good job of that. And I think. Uh, Deer Hunter might have been like his first directorial debut and like one of his first script. He was like oh, really? the uh, Jimi Hendrix of uh, new filmmakers. He went out there and he did like three or four really big movies, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he and died. He no, I'm pretty sure he died. In Paris. <laughs> uh, wait, no, that was not him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an incredible movie. Impactful for yeah. sure. Vietnam, what you got? I don't have a Vietnam movie. Oh, good thing. I do, but. <laughs> The Slayer. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, this next one, they don't make enough movies that are in my wheelhouse as far as the things that I 
that I'm involved in every day, like finance, yeah, understanding mm. business moves. I watch do a lot of market trading and boiler room, maybe boiler room, maybe. But boiler room even was kind of yeah, no, it was and like the Wolf of Wall Street is kind of yeah. yeah. But the Big Short, oh man, I've never seen this movie. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. I just have never Stephen had Carell the goes it. outside himself. I've only seen it once, but it was amazing. Yeah. I've seen it probably 15 times. Oh, maybe. my gosh. Adam McKay, man. Adam McKay has really come on as one of the elite directors that's out there, and mm, he did yeah. the big short. He's the one who does Vice, the new movie, the uh-huh. new Dick Cheney movie. And to make something as, as unglamorous as um, Trant swaps for housing mortgage loans, yeah. an interesting story. Because basically this was the crash of 2008 yeah. or early 2009. Yeah. And um, they, it followed a few different characters. Uh, it followed Steve Carell, who was the head of a hedge fund. It followed these two guys, and I don't remember either of their names. Um, Let me, if you well, give me, Christian Bale. Christian Bale was who? Christian Bale. I'm going to talk about him next. But yeah. Finn Wittrock. Yeah, I know that name. You know, it had a all-star cast. Marissa Torme was in it. Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale was in it. Ryan Gosling was in it. Yeah. So Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was in it. Brad Pitt was great in it. Brad, so it followed a bunch of different groups. And basically, Christian Bale was kind of the leader of this group. He was went through mortgage reports. That Finn guy is huge. That's that's oh, the it? crazy fucker from American Horror Story. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was great in it. Basically, they, what they did is they... They bundled mortgages together, yeah, and they would take a good mortgage subprime and subprime loans, shit, subprime put a, lending, put lending. a bunch of subprime loans, and would get the ratings in um, bureau to to rate them as a good right loan, yeah. So basically, it was, and most of the loans in that package of loans that people were investing, they were shit and were foreclosing on. And right. Christian Bale knew this. Yeah. And well, so, he found it out. He, he it so was like in, a mathematical equation. In the finance equation. world, you can, buy, you can buy stocks in like GE, but you can also bet against GE. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically bet against GE doing well. And yeah. when they do poorly, yeah. you make, you make money. money. Right. So this is different than stocks and bonds, but it's the same character, same idea. So Christian Bale was like owned this hedge fund and he was doing really well. Yeah. And so he got the banks to create bets against the mortgage industry. And the mortgage industry, if in the history of the United States, has been strong. Like everybody, mm. house was the number one people had value. That's what grew wealth from the twenties on or thirties on. Yeah. Is the value that you would retain. And then like you're, he's like, you know how many people would have to foreclose on their loans. Just to have this happen, and he's like, "Yeah, people are getting mortgages that they can't afford, and their loans are going to come due, especially when they started doing that fixed and variable rate mortgages." Uh-huh. So what happens is they give you a, a variable rate if you choose a variable rate. Most people choose fixed, uh-huh. but so it fluctuates with the market. Yeah. So if if the market crashes and the loans go up to fifteen or eighteen percent, yeah, you know you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage anymore. Right. Um, so Christian Bale found this out. Got him to create these um, tranches that he uh, that he bought, and everybody was like, "You're crazy!" Yeah, and yeah. then some other people found out about it and started doing this too. But they just what I loved is they showed how ridiculous 
<laughs> market was. Oh yeah, but I mean, also like you know they 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 didn't believe him. They they were like, so you're telling me that you want to bet against the banks, like yeah. you know, They're like we'll sell you uh, anything yeah, you want much all you day want. long. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> it's your money. If you want to blow it away, we'll you. take it. Yeah, you know, and like and he people were starting to look at him because he was like. Um, I think like on the autism scale, I think he was sem like somewhat yeah. autistic. Yeah, he was autistic, and he was a doctor. He had his doctorate in finance uh -huh. or ec economics, and he was taking this on so far because he knew that the, this was going to collapse. But everybody and was. He like, wanted the banks to pay. He yeah. wanted. He was angry about it as well. Yeah, Steve Carell was even more angry. Yeah, about it. no, Steve Carell gave the the one of the most powerful performances I had seen in a movie. Yeah, that and the football or the wrestling the crush wrestling one. Thing. But this was just powerful. He was. That's the difference. The, the wrestling movie, he was good in it, but the movie kind of sucked. Yeah, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and and so finally, you know, the market tanks and they are getting their big payoff, you know, and like they Steve Carell like doesn't even want the money. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I think he takes it. He takes but it. but, you know, like they're basically realizing like. We just made untold amounts of money off the fact that all of these people are losing their house. Yeah. You know, like, and we saw it coming and tried to tell people nobody fucking believed Those us. Those two dudes know. turned 30 grand into 90 million. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what are the odds on that? Like, <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie 500 is they kept telling people were sending death threats to Christian Bale, give us our money back because yeah. he was a head fund manager. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when you're a head fund manager, you have your Series 7 license, and people can you can give advice on securities, but you can also start your own hedge fund. A hedge fund is 50 people give you a ton of money. Right. You buy a little bit of stock in a bunch of different companies based on the amount of risk that you want to have, and you yeah. look at the companies, and like sometimes you do... A hedge means like if you bought airline stuff, you would also own fuel stuff, because if the price of fuel goes up... The airlines lose money, but the fuel makes money. Right. So you know what I mean? Yeah, so it yeah, kind yeah. of balances itself out. Mm -hmm. And so when he did this, he put almost the match for money, and people were screaming, yelling at him. But the defining moment was right when the movie was ending. He he had this he had this uh, dry erase board yeah. where he kept saying how much money they were losing, mm -hmm. how much yeah. money they were down, how much money they were down. Mm -hmm. And then finally when he went up at the end, they were up like $790 million or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just absolutely insane. And then... He he like closed down that company. Yeah, he shut and, the hedge fund down and, and went and worked someplace else. Like he almost yeah. pulled like a catch me if you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like think as far as he's, his, the last thing that I read, he was trying to figure out how to water. make money in, wa water. in water shortages yeah. in yeah. California yeah. and Smart. stuff like that. And I'm sure like, he's making a <laughs> shitload right now. Yeah, probably you know? doesn't need it. But yeah, he's probably got like fire and you know. He, but Christian Bale played him great. He had a glass oh, yeah. eye. That was and you could tell. He, somehow he was able to make his one eye look fucking weird. Yeah, as I don't shit. know if it was CGI they or if they, if they know, just man. had a contact in that like went over or something yeah. like. And he had that disassociated affect, like when he talked well, to people. Yeah, I can guarantee you. You want to make a sure bet? He, Adam McKay is definitely a fan of uh, Christian Bale and hooking their wagons together to do this Vice that's coming out on Christmas. Oh, mm -hmm. I can I can make two guarantees right now, or predictions. I'll say uh, that Christian Bale is going to win Best Why don't you Actor. Just say guarantee, yeah. man. All right, I, I'll guarantee. You. Oh shit! shit. Email me if it didn't come true. <laughs> Christian Bale will win win Best uh, Actor uh, for Vice and. Uh, Nicole Kidman is going to win Best Actress for Destroyer. Those two uh, roles. Didn't she miss out on a nomination intense. for 
Golden Globe though. Uh, not uh, no, she's nominated for for oh, the Golden she? Globe for Destroyer. Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't look like herself. No, and like, neither does Christian yeah, Bale. No, and I'm telling you, the Academy, the, new, the Academy yeah, loves that's the that. new award winner. Yeah. Don't look you know. like yourself. Well, Charlie Theron. That's the reason Charlie Theron won for Monster. She but transformed herself. But don't look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't be don't a go clump. full crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't do Simple Jack. Yeah, don't, don't go, go Simple Jack. Nobody goes full retard. Sean Penn tried to do wreck his career. All right. So, my next movie, my number two, and this I'm going to go all the way back to 1982, you Vintage. Go. And this is uh, uh, Richard Attenborough's Gandhi. Love uh. Gandhi. I love the story of Gandhi. The same reason I love the story of the Dalai Lama. I love these kind of intense, uh, real-life holy men Struggle. who are just trying to make the world a better place against all the adversaries. And... The Gandhi story was always super interesting. Do you, have you seen the Gandhi movie? When uh, I was like when you were young, 12, yeah, and you've yeah. seen it somewhat. You've seen it before, but you I've seen it. Uh, so you've got Ben Kingsley who amazingly plays Sir, Gandhi, absolutely to the yeah. point where I had read stories that when he was in India filming this, people thought he was the ghost of Gandhi, and they were like bowing at his feet. Wow, because he looked identical. I'm sure he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just goes with his character. Yeah. But what I love about this movie is the very beginning and the very end. The, the Manila is a long movie, and it it goes through his trek of his trying to accomplish this. It doesn't show the but, British in a good light. No, it doesn't. But it, it also mirrors the American Revolution and what we were dealing with, with what they're doing to the uh, the Indian people and even the Indian people in South Africa. So what happens in the beginning of the movie? He's traveling to South Africa. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He went to Oxford. He has a full head of hair. He's got a three-piece suit. And uh, it all starts out with him being discriminated against on the train. They sure. were like, you need to get back at the train with the uh, the other uh, uh, colored people. or who, They were considering them uh, a different color. They, uh, call, they have like a derogatory uh, worm that they were using. We'll just for. call them minorities. Yeah, they were just it, – it, it was horrible that they were – separating them and segregating the train but that's exactly what they were doing and he right. was like hey i'm i'm a citizen i've i went to oxford i did this and everything and they don't care you get out there and then when he refused they show him just toss him off the uh the train and that kind of like spurred this in him that this is not right would piss me off. We're, we're being Fuck, treated yeah. like we're we're members of the british uh uh we're british citizens and we're not getting uh treated correctly in south africa which uh, the british empire owned or in india which he was indian living in south africa and so they kind of started in south africa and they showed him uh they started burning their british citizenship cards in front of people and that's kind of how he started then the military said that is british property if you burn that we will beat you down oh, and that's wow. basically what they did and they wouldn't stop they were continue beating beating them as they're burning their uh stuff and that's kind of how it spurred this whole thing and he decided to go back to India. And when it went back to India, that's where shit really changed. Mm -hmm. And he shaved his head and he gave up his clothes and he was in with the uh, the Indian people that were not being represented at all. And he was starting to build up this following around him where uh, people were like, who is this little tiny uh, Indian guy who's kind of raising the spirits of the entire uh, country trying to get uh, the uh, India liberated from the British? Because uh -huh. the British... Like I said, uh, as such nice people as they are now, back in the day when uh, the Americans were trying to get uh, represented from them uh, and we had to kind of uh, uh, get ourselves separated from the British uh, rule, the Indians were always trying to do that. The Indian people were always trying to do that themselves. Mm-hmm. 
same reasons, same things. They were just not having it. They were beating these uh, people down. There was tons of different skirmishes in this movie. Uh, <clears throat> but he just kept with going treks. He would also do those fasting things yeah. where he was like, I want nonviolence. That was his big, big thing is that we have to fight the British with nonviolence. Yeah. Let them beat your ass down. Yeah. And there's so he many... He did some famous hunger strikes. Oh, yeah. Some super famous ones, but then there was a... Uh, great moment in the film where they're in like a line and they were walking they wanted to get into a different part of the uh the country and the british were just sitting there at the gates and they would come in rows and they would just beat them down they would fall off and the the indian people knew it was going to happen to the point where when they got there they showed them set up a, like a red cross tent oh wow just for people that are going to get beat down like they knew they were gonna yeah and uh but when it got to a point where they started fighting back, and then that's when Gandhi had to be like, "I will, I will die mm-hmm. uh, to show you that you guys should not be uh, getting physical and showing violence on this." So, yeah. and it, it really went down, and it really pissed off the British, uh, the British Empire, and the people ruling it. And uh, John Gilgood was in this movie too. Two movies, John Gilgood in the row. And he represented like the crown there in India. And he went and talked to him and he realized that they're not going to go for it. So they they literally gave up. They gave the uh, the British, gave up rule of India and gave it to the people. Huh. And so he accomplished everything he wanted. But what's interesting about this movie is that that third half. Because once they got liberation, that wasn't it. Now you've Pakistan. got now now you've got the uh, the Muslims and the Hindus fighting with each other because uh-huh. the most of i think it's like probably 70 percent of india were hindus mm-hmm. but on both coasts like the western and the eastern coast they had the muslim people and they thought now that we have rule the hindu people are going to screw us and they're going to make shit worse for us and everything so the the head delegates for the uh uh for the muslim people and the hindu people were always arguing and this was a bit of history that i did not know and so to make everything right after india was liberated they made a big chunk of in the northeast corner of india they made a huge chunk and they said this is where the muslim people are gonna uh can reside and this will be called pakistan huh. and that's where pakistan came from and no pakistan's shit. only been around since like 1967 really uh when it was uh given to the uh the muslim uh, community and then you had to deal with the muslim people trekking all the way across india to get to where pakistan would be and it was, it was a whole ordeal but it's kind of what it is now all came from that time period during uh world war one and world war two he started this fight like in like 1893 wow. and it took him all the way up and what was interesting about this movie too is it, it opened with his assassination Oh uh, really? The very beginning of the movie, he's he's just going through these guards to pray, and this one guy stopped, pulled out a gun, shot him in the stomach. His got two words out: "Oh God," uh, huh. or uh, yeah, it was "Oh God," because that's at his memorial uh, where they have his body at rest in India. It says those two words, wow. like "Oh God," uh, and then it it uh, bookended right to the end with him uh, saying "Oh God" and getting shot and everything, and. Uh, it was intense. It was a really fantastic movie. Good history lesson. Good history lesson. Yeah. It won shitloads of awards. Uh, Made Richard Attenborough was was career. big, uh, was really good friends with uh, Richard Attenborough, who the director of this. You know Richard Attenborough yeah. from uh, he's the uh, he's the old guy from Jurassic Park, the guy who runs the park. Oh yeah, yeah. He became an actor. He was Spared he was no also expense. yeah he was also uh, he I loved him in Great Escape. So he's always been an actor. And <laughs> we a were director. saving that champagne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> today. <Yeah. laughs> 
But uh, he was really good friends with Spielberg, and I had seen. You can pull it up. This was the remember I had told you I had saw. Uh, home video of Spielberg watching the Oscars oh. uh, being announced and Spinell was in Spinell the room, was uh, in the room. <laughs> but it was with, he lost uh, E.T. He lost the Oscar to E.T. for Gandhi, but he was actually super happy that Richard Attenborough won it. He was super but happy then they on started, the outside. <laughs> there's a lot of connections. There's a lot of connections with those two because Spielberg eventually took Ben Kingsley and put yeah. him in the Schindler's List role, and then he eventually took Richard Attenborough and put him in that role in Jurassic Park. So it was uh, an interesting connection there. But yeah, Gandhi, if you don't know about Gandhi, you don't know it, it's... I, I love movies when it's history because I told my uh, my wife and she doesn't like these types of movies, but I'm like, you can instantly in three hours you can yeah. you, can you can know, know a part of history right. yeah. that will help you throughout your life. Like I tell her, I said, if anyone Be a party wants and someone will say something, if like, you I sit know down, yeah. if you sit down and watch the John Adams miniseries. Yeah, you have an instant like of so education of so much stuff in the American history yeah. that even now to these days when I think American Revolution or I think when they're they're debating the signing of the independence, I think of the John Adams miniseries. That's what I say about everything Ken Burns has ever done. Yeah, I said, do you want to be an expert? You watch something, yeah. ten hours Civil War documentary. Right. That's the intense. Have you? But like, I know most John Adams is only like doing that four I'm hours. Fascinated by like that Civil War documentary. I haven't watched it in a few years, but I used to watch it every year yeah. once. Mm-hmm. Every year. And I would binge watch it for a week. Yeah. And uh, it's just... Yeah, it's good. Take it in parts. All right. Let's go to this next round. Final round. Around the table, man. All right. So uh, this one, I'm going much more recent, and it's 2017's Dunkirk. Love this movie, man. Yeah. This was a great movie, and I remember you guys had gone and seen it in the theater. No, we uh, we saw it on video. We oh, didn't get to see it in the theater. We wanted to. Oh, okay. We were like, Dave, this is your movie, man. I think we said we were going like 10 times, and then yeah. we went. <laughs> um, we had it planned on one day, and I think we canceled it. Oh, we wish really? we had gone because it, it needed to be. Yeah, the scope was huge. I, my first experience with it, I I walked in and, and I watched like 15 minutes of the middle of the movie and was just like, I gotta go. Oh, that your dad was watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he told me that in his mind, he feels like is he in the military? Yeah, he was in the air force. Um, he feels like that was probably the most realistic you know, representation possible for like what happened. Like dogfights and stuff like that. Well, just the whole, you know, the beach and uh, like, you know, the dogfight and everything like that. Like just like, you know. I mean, Europe would be a very different place right now had had that evacuation not been as successful. Yeah, because this was all centered around a major moment. I want to say 600,000 British troops were trapped behind enemy lines. Oh, I I Or 300,000. It was in the hundreds of thousands. thousands. And I think we mentioned before, this is an amazing companion piece to The Darkest Hour. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. You you definitely need to see that. You were saying that at some moment you could could just pause it and watch Dunkirk and and then then press unpause it and and it would be all perfect. It's literally, yeah, they just... Because you're seeing Winston Churchill yep, kind of dealing with Floyd that. at the same time, too. Uh, yeah, like, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the situation was? And I don't know if, if you can. I'm sure Dave can. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, I'd let Dave explain uh, it much of, more than I would. what was happening in this area at this time. Go ahead and explain well, it. So the I mean, movie, basically... He'll the, correct you if you're wrong. Yeah, okay. well, so basically the, the movie is centered on, I think it's... Three hours, three days, and three weeks. It's three different stories. In the is it the English Canal? They were yeah. on. I think they were in. They were in Dunkirk, or 
Right, yeah. Um, yeah, Dunkirk was the city, but it was like on the English Canal. or They had to cross the, the English Channel. Yeah, the English Channel. To, to canal. rescue Right, them. yeah. <laughs> the English Canal is a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's 60 miles, maybe 90 miles. That's pretty big. Or 30 miles. And, and Let me look a, a lot of what this movie dealt with was getting it's a, I mean, it, it's, it's right. to help. There's so many different... Like, I think the shortest point is from where we went to Normandy. Mm-hmm. From England, like from this, where we launched in England during the invasion, which was later than this, mm-hmm. that was the shortest point. But the, like this battle was huge to the point where there probably could be ten movies about different areas and different. Oh times yeah, well, of what and was going on. So it was the three main storylines was uh, Tom Hardy was right. an airplane pilot. One of my favorite things he did. Oh my gosh, he so was good. so great. He's great in um, everything, but yeah, no, but th- this was exceptional in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so you've got him, and then you've also got the point of view of um, these, like, just c- uh, civilian ship owners, yeah. you know. Um, the, the guy and, from, uh, isn't Bridge of Spies? Is it the guy from Bridge of Spies, right? Uh, uh, I, I doesn't saw he that. run one of the boats? The guy from Bridge yeah. of Spies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 330,000 troops. Yeah. That, so basically they were, they were, they had landed in Europe, or they probably came through Holland fighting the Germans, but the Germans had superior forces than they did. And push them all the way back to Dunkirk, and basically they were gonna they were within three weeks of being completely annihilated. The uh-huh. British and the Belgians and the French, and but the guy from Bridge of Spies, his job was only to go in there with any. They, well, I wanted anyone with boats, anyone with boats, yeah, get in right. the water, yeah, because they need people to help rescue people from uh from the water well that's what it turns out to be i don't know if it was if it was something else before that that they want all these civilians with their boats to go in there they, they just, just wanted more boats they just and, had and, to do it quick yeah they yeah. had to do it in order to be able to get so them out every, because yeah, everything was like, getting sunk yeah every you know? able-bodied ship but they couldn't i think they couldn't shoot civilian ships isn't that right well the, well rules of engagement the, yeah but yeah, i you know they were I, shooting civilians yeah ships. right but it was also, I, I mean, they blew up the German subs, blew up so many steamers with people just traveling. Right. What I liked about this movie is, in particular, was the boat the guy from uh, Bridge yeah. of Spies mm-hmm. was on. Because remember, it dealt they with up that it, guy they from picked Red up, Eye. Yeah, yeah, they picked exactly. up Killian Murphy, yeah. and things get erratic, and the one of the sons gets injured and hurts yeah. the back of his head. And he's I like the son's up, friend. And, yeah. You know, he ends up dying. He ends like, up dying. But he's also so like mentally not yeah. there well, anymore. He didn't want, he would go back. Yeah. He's he like, didn't want to go going, back. He's like, well, we're going he's to like, get people. He's like, he's no, like, no, I'm not going back. We got to yeah. leave that place. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the movie, like he already knows that he's dead and he's just still going like, but he's going to be okay. Right. He's, yeah. he's going to be okay. Right. You know, like, Oh man, it's, it's crazy, yeah. man. The stuff with Hardy in it, in the airplane, in the airplane is so intense. Really, people really that were hiding in the ship too, when they were getting dive bombed. And yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. uh, the other, well, yeah, they're in, in a, a ship on the some beach. Way or yeah. it like tilt or something. Yeah. Well, they're on a ship on the beach and the, the Germans come and start yeah. firing That's at right. the ship, you know, and didn't uh, they find one person inside yeah. that didn't belong? there yeah or and he, they were gonna or he, no, he was a he foreigner was, he, he was, was like a foreigner, a foreigner. Right. was like a french but he was like, one of their soldiers yeah. yeah um well because the the one guy had, had like dressed up to try and escape you know what i mean so he was trying to get out of there as quick as they could because you had the scene like at the beach where they were trying to evacuate they um and then you had the ships with the civilians yeah. and then you had the airplane yeah and so like it's all these three storylines going along, and all at one time they eventually intersect yeah. mm-hmm. at the end, you know. And that, you know, and I'll just, 
I, I don't know. It's a, it's a more recent movie. I don't well, know because most the, of these historical movies are uh, have that ending already given out. Right. You know? Yeah, I know. But and it as had far Harry as like Styles in it too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was <laughs> he? Um, he summoned some pop band. He was. New. I don't. New remember. edition. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I can not tell you, that. it's not new edition. Yeah. <laughs> one something, one direction. Uh, yeah, I that think that's be. what that it was. was yeah. it? No, Jonas. No, no. no. Uh, His name would be Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new kids in the block. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, but anyways, uh, so I don't know. Tom Hardy's particular character ending yeah. is a very good ending. I don't know if I should give it away or not. Being that the I mean, they don't really show week. the his inevitability. I don't think he runs out of fuel. Right. Right. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to go into it completely. Yeah. yeah. Give someone something. Uh, up. Right. Yeah. But what I I like about this is it it showed what normal people would do in situations. You know, you see those, you those see that family, you well, see the family and the guy and his sons that are, that are brave yeah. and are going to go out there and literally rescue people and risk their own lives to do but, it. But then yeah. you've got Think the of ones... the mentality of a British citizen. If you don't, yeah, the Germans are going to yeah. take over the British. You Isles. almost don't right. have those yeah. choice, but you it's can also, like... when they picked up that guy and, You've got to look at his point of view that he's seen what those guys have not seen. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's why well, he wants to get the fuck out. And but and they should have just sent him adrift. Right, then you go adrift, we'll pick you up on yeah, the way back. Right, yeah. Because we're going. But, you know, and there are there's some really good scenes from when, um, like, the the plane and the, and the ships interact for a little while because the German planes are shooting at the ships, and so the soldiers have to, like, bail, and they're yeah. in the oil, and it's yeah. on fire, yep. and, oh, and some, like, they have to get in there, there to rescue them. Really and, fantastic. And, yeah, and, and, like... People uh, that are trying to sneak on the transport ship remember they said it was that's closed. right that's right it was too many people right yeah so they were like hanging on the ropes yeah or yeah. one of the guys that had hung off uh and didn't want to go remember and he tried to sneak on yeah uh and, uh, and when it went down remember mm-hmm. they they he like they they had to try to get yeah, find Brano a way to get was in, in the this hatch. movie too wasn't he yeah he was he was one of the commanders yeah. that was on yeah. the on the docks, like yep. trying to coordinate getting people out. Man, it was so good. And probably the best example of the what, dog fights were great. Dog oh, fights were great. what this movie was yeah. about. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, like, and but like I said, what, and what people like the water was so blue and yeah. that and that black slick yeah. oil and like yeah. oh man, great color. No better example of people showing themselves of what they might accidentally turn into than what in that ship on the boat though, where they were literally forcing these this one guy to leave. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's horrifying to. The thought of what normal people will become. I mean, to that's survive. why war is so These fascinating because will eat you. Fast, the war holds the the end of the spectrum of human behavior. Right. Yeah. Like literally, with the Nazis, Joseph Mengler on one side. Yeah. And the the guy that senator from Hawaii that stormed a yeah. fucking machine gun nest to save his friends. Yeah. yeah the guy who Picking jumps on grenades. The, the guy who jumps on the hammer grenade yeah. to yeah. save his it's whole like, group. You know and. It it's weird because once the war is over, those guys go home and they become the normal people they were. And a lot of times, their friends and or family don't. don't know how far their loved one has gone is it on that. Daniel Ingway is and that the senator, that Hawaiian I'm senator sure. from Hawaii, that, the one with the eye patch, the one that lost his arm. Oh no, he died recently of old oh, okay. age. But he his tail. He won the. I mean, oh, metal Valor, yeah, or something. But I, he, I'm talking more about the guy that goes on the opposite spectrum that comes back. Oh, that comes yeah. and, back. and then blends in, and their family never knew that your well, your father catch, was a sadistic. Well, bastard. they catch yeah. these guys like the guy they just sent back for trial from Chicago and charge him with like yeah 1.6 million counts of first degree murder because he was like the commandant of yeah. the death camp. 
Oh, or fuck. not commandant, but like maybe the commandants. Those assistant. guys, the fucking warden. The but those guys, I assume that I'm thinking more of the like uh, the Kevin Dillon's character oh, from okay. Platoon. His yeah. kids that come back and don't realize that he was smashing innocent people's heads in, yeah. and uh, you never know it. I have a feeling a lot of people go into war to be able to do that kind it, of there's shit. There's a there's, there's a, a fraction I would I would think that group that's of people true that like they want to go in and that's scary. They want to be able to kill people, and it, and here's a solution to that. Damn it, you better cheer us up. What you got? <laughs> I got fog of war. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't sound cheery. That's it sure. doesn't sound cheery. I don't this think we is a documentary. This is probably one of the best documentaries ever made. Ever made. In my opinion. Dave, too. If you don't watch this movie, you're a jerk. You're doing yourself. You're a jerk. I'm a jerk. You're, you're doing yourself a disservice. I, you still have a chance. I'm not yeah, saying. Okay, okay. I'm not saying no. if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice not seeing it because it sheds it covers light a bunch. on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on here. And it's told. The horror of war. It's the. It's the it's told through the eyes and the life of um, Robert McNamara, mm-hmm. interviewing him. It's a documentary film. in his nineties. It is a documentary. It's film. a documentary, pure documentary. Too. Yeah, not dramatized at and, all. And won best documentary at the Oscars that year. Did it? Oh, yeah. wow. Basically, Robert McNamara is a super genius that started out in the war. Well, yeah, well, he, he was in World War yeah. Two, and he was the guy that planned. With uh, Curtis LeMay was the general of the Air Force, or uh, I guess that's what they would call him, the Air mm. Force. Anyways, he um, coordinated bombing runs, mm. and he did the statistical data analysis that said, if you bomb this many bombs at this height on these targets, this is how you would hurt the enemy the most. And this is the casualty loss for civilians, and yeah, this is this for is the enemy. And this, and it's basically he just did all the statistical statistics. data analysis right. on the art of inflicting damage to your enemy damn he, he ultimately he even said to doug mayor i don't want to be say that i'm the one who put it in lemay's head that it would be smart to do those kind of what are the fire bombs or the yeah. carpet bombing carpet but, bombing, yeah well yeah. people would people and he was very uh, talking very frankly very frank. he's like people were giving so us a hard time yep. because we dropped two nuclear weapons and killed you know a ton of people yeah he said but we were firebombing all the other cities of Japan, and we were killing hundreds of thousands of people doing that. Women, children. And one of the most powerful moments is they they went through each city of Japan and all the affliction that they did, and they said, like... They had, the, like, the numbers written. They had the numbers, but then they compared it to United States City. It like, showed you... Like, 82% the, of Chicago gone for yeah, this one Japanese city. Yeah, that's how they told city. you, yeah. Right. 70% of Boston gone. Yeah. 96% of New York City gone. Yeah. And they just kept going city after Cleveland after Detroit. It's, it's insane. Los Angeles. It really shows like, you. God, no wonder the Japanese hated us so much. Yeah. We were just destroying them, dismantling them yeah. at any turn. So he gets out of So he talks a lot about this. And he talks about his overarching theme was nuclear war is bad because there's no helps, learning curve yeah. right, from yeah. nuclear yeah. war. Right. And there's no coming back. There's from no that. coming back from it. At least they. When they did all this bombing, they realized the infliction they were doing, and later on they could correct it. But nuclear war is just one person yeah. bombs another, but then bombs yeah. back and forth. And that's much it. Everybody's yeah, that's Cooler it. heads should always prevail. Cooler heads should always prevail. So he talks about that. Then he talks about um, he, he went to work for IBM. They were the one no, that developed. No, GM. Before that, oh, yeah, he, he worked for IBM, developed the uh, punch cards. Mm-hmm. For, for the draft. For cer- no, for, cert- for, for um, cataloging information quickly. I thought, he had, I thought he had something to do with the draft thing too. Maybe he not. did, but then he got hired by Ford. He yeah, was the Ford. first. He was the first president. Youngest of Ford. Well, the only one outside the family. Yeah. Oh wow. 
like the family had control, and he was the one that helped them. He had the world is was his oyster. He had yeah. a, a well, huge he, week uh, yearly income, like more than his, yeah. his family would have to ever worry about it. Seatbelts. Oh wow! Yeah, it was him that helped bring about because he went. It's really interesting to hearing him talk about it too. He's like he's like remember talking they, to these engineers, and he's like go home. Why people were dying at a high rate, and they wanted to figure out how do we lower the rate. So he's a problem solver. I empathize with him be, with this, and because this is what I want to do in my professional career. Mm-hmm. I want to come into your company and figure out, you know, you make a certain amount of things and you don't sell a certain. And I want to say, okay, well, let's grab the numbers and figure out how do we arrange the numbers to tell us the information we want, and how do we take that information and put it into practice so we can turn around your business. Mm-hmm. Basically, he went in and he they realized if they put um, seatbelts in they could cut lives they made collapsible steering wheels was yeah. another thing yeah. they did and, and I think they he, he, he goes really into it well where he's like we introduced it people hated it yeah people refused to use it but the people that did saved, saved their, their lives, lives. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, but remember he talked about going to the uh, I think it was like the halls in MIT or something and dropping dropping, dropping eggs and that skulls he, and, and skulls in, and like, uh, different but, things but then he would wrap them in stuff and he realized that the key to it was packaging, packaging. as long as you packaged people in their cars correctly Directly, it would save their lives. Yeah, because and people were being impaled on the steering wheels. They were not getting concussions and dying. So yeah, he was stuff. He was a genius, and then uh, he got a visit from somebody. So then he got a phone call from John F. Kennedy, and John F. Kennedy wanted him to be the uh, Secretary of State. Yep. And he's oh, wow. like, "What the hell do I know about politics? I'm not a politician." He's right. like, "Well, I knew you were going to say that." So. But I think Bobby came. Yeah, Bobby talked to him, him first. Yeah, he, the president authorized me to give you the Secretary of Defense job. They knew uh, it was he was a genius, and they wanted him at yeah. all costs because if you know anything about the president, Kenneth, uh, the Kennedy presidency, they were embattled from the go. He yeah. was an Irish person. In the only thing that helped him world. is he had the best people in his cabinet yeah. for the job, mm-hmm. and and it seems like a no brainer now. It's weird that that's not the case anymore. Yeah, people surround themselves with the people that tell them what they want to hear, or profile people that then people they know they can keep their mouth shut. Yeah, and it used to be he would because I think I think he was a Republican. Yeah, and I think, I think Kennedy he was, was a Democrat. And yeah. Kennedy's like, well, he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. God damn it! So they got him, and I don't know how long he was in the job, but I think it wasn't very long. And then the Cuban Missile Crisis came. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Man, his stuff, when he talks about the Cuban Missile Crisis, it really yeah. was My, and the best the Q- history and, lesson at it. Yep. And then he goes on and talks about... He yeah. talks. He didn't want to get too much into Vietnam. You could tell it still... He, he, took, he was talked up. about no, it. He talked about, about it a bunch, but he didn't want to get into the... Was it right or wrong? Mm-hmm. He yeah. wanted to just talk what happened. Right. And because you know, it was a he did not fuck. he got thrown in there. I mean, he didn't sign up to be as part of the no, well, Johnson. Kennedy got killed, and, the, and then Johnson took over and, and kept then, him on, and then, then Nixon, Nixon took turned, over. He took over and kept him on. Yeah. And he had to create a narrative for Nixon and for Johnson that we were winning the war, right? Like the bright sides of the war. And the most poignant interview piece during this whole thing is um, he talks about years later going over to North Vietnamese, yeah. Vietnam and meeting with. Um, the leader, I don't think know if it was Mao Zedong, but it was probably one of the other higher ups. And the guy's like, he looked right at me. He's like, he's like, Mr. Merrick you must have never read a history book. If you had read a history book, you would have known that the Vietnamese were never going to be a pawn of the Chinese because yeah. they were so. They were in the middle of a civil so, war. Yeah, the 
the United States was afraid of communism from the Russian and the Chinese front. Yeah. Mm. It was a scare tactic from McCarthy era that carried over into Americans' life. And so we have to go fight these proxy wars against small nations, but basically we're fighting the Chinese right. during Vietnam because, and a little bit to the Russians, too, because they're the ones that are supplying all the weapons and know-how and everything yeah. to the Chinese. But we didn't need to fear that. We didn't need to fear that the Chinese were going to take over North Vietnam, the North Vietnamese peninsula and work their way south. Yeah. So he talked a lot about that, about how, you know, and I think it kind of dovetailed into his argument we learned from that. Yeah. As a learning experience. Right. And now... There and is he, none with the nuclear yeah, weapon. and when he started talking about the Soviet Union and Khrushchev, and it was just fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it was There fascinating. was other parts of it, you're, and I... You're hearing it right from the horse's mouth. You know, he was in the room. He was in these, all these situations. Yeah. It's just... It was fascinating when you were hearing all this kind of work play out. I, I That's another one of those documentaries, and I love a really good documentary. Yeah. Usually, every year when I find out which one won the Oscars, I'll watch that one, because it's usually a good sign that you're about to see something really fantastic. Did, and uh, the one I couldn't watch the was... Sushi the Sushi one I love, man. The one... Oh, uh, Hero Sushi? Uh, yeah. I know. Hero Dreams of sushi yeah man that was such a great uh movie it, even if you don't it's just gorgeous and it captures and you don't think that type of documentary can do that to you but if you if you do them well it'll there's one i couldn't watch you. and i don't know if it won though is that blackwater i didn't see blackwater oh oh you're talking about the uh the sea world one the dolphin yeah, no yeah. the dolphin the cove or something the, like that. The cove yeah. was the dolphin. One. I didn't see. That. I didn't see. It. I, I just heard about it. Yeah. Blackwater was the sea world. I don't one. think I can yeah, watch. That. I, I don't want to watch that I one. I saw either. that one. Yeah, I don't need to watch yeah. that. But the Hero Dreams of Sushi, awesome. <laughs> it was the, one day in September. We watched that recently. The Hero that Dreams of Sushi was the son was like, he's like he had me on rice for like six or eight it's like, years. Yeah, it's like six years. All he had I been working for thirty years and he still wasn't able to be the master yet. Yeah. Wow. Like it's really intense. That guy's still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right. So my number one here, and this is one of my top 20 favorite movies. This is one I was talking about. I can't wait to talk about it here. And this is 1981's Prince of the City. Now, Prince of the City was directed by the really great Sidney Lament. And Sidney Lament is one of my favorite directors of all time. And it's one of those directors that a lot of people, I have his list pulled up here. Oh, wow. Because uh, we're going to do a director's pod Sometime He's in the future one on one of them because uh, you, I think people are surprised when they hear the movies he has done. So here's 13 movies that I've listened to here for uh, Sidney Lament that I think are all phenomenal. 12 Angry Men, Failsafe, Serpico, Murder on the Orient Express, Dog Day Afternoon, Network, Prince of the City, Death Trap, The Verdict, Running on Empty, Family Business, Q&A, and Guilty as Sin. I mean, Ooh, those are all like good fantastic ones, huh? movies. That all his movies? All him. Wow. No, I mean, is that all of his movies? No, he's got more than that. Okay. But those are I was all the... say, if that's all the movies you did and you didn't make a, bu- a bummer? Yeah. No, he's, he's got a couple... Uh, he's got a couple didn't he star? Didn't he not star, but didn't he do cameos in some of his No, movies? I think you're thinking of Sidney Pollack. Oh, the guy from Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide Shut, okay. yeah. Sidney Lament, he's just a really amazing actor that knows how to, uh, to do his characters. And Prince of the City was a very famous uh, case, and it was very similar to Serpico which is another movie that Sidney Lumet, he read the script for it and he realized this is uh, uh, this is right up my alley. Now, the guy's using an alias uh, in the movie, and in the movie, his character's name is Danny... Uh, uh, this is Treat Williams? This is Treat Williams. It's Dan, uh, Danny... Uh, uh, I think, how, how do you say his name? Chilio? Yeah, I think it's Danny Chilio. And he's part of a group of detectives that work Vice, 
or no, they work, uh, what is it, narcotics. And there's a couple That's other nice. famous... Uh, no, I think Vice is dealing with prostitutes and stuff. Is it? Yeah, I think narcotics is simply drugs. <laughs> Justin's uh, like, why don't you look at me, me? man? <laughs> <laughs> what the cop tell you? What, you got, what do you say it was from, man? Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, obe- I obey the law. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens Every is he has he's he's got a small, super tight crew. Like they are family. They have barbecues at each other's houses, and uh, there's a couple of them that are uh, semi-famous. One of them, the most famous person, other than Treat Williams. And Treat Williams was young at this point. He was like 28 years old. He had only done 1941, and that was like two years before this. Uh, so they and Sidney Lament when he came on, he says he says I want uh, a few things if I agree to this movie. And one of the things he wanted was Treat Williams uh, or that main character uh, of Danny to be an unknown. So they brought Treat Williams in. That's a really big, that's a tough thing to do it, yeah. because this movie is this is a three hour movie yeah. with all him on it. He's almost on every scene. And and I uh, understand why sometimes you want to do that because you don't want people coming in there. Like if you put it like a Tom Cruise in there, you yeah. already have preconceived notions yeah, yeah, yeah. of right. how this person is. Yeah. Right. But the other major actor, one of his partners, his best friend was Jerry Orbach from uh, obviously never heard La- of him. Law and Order and uh, <laughs> he makes popcorn, put baby right? in the yeah. corner. He's a popcorn He's guy. Popcorn yeah. guy. Put baby in the corner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the uh, corner. He did. <laughs> the other guy was from Midnight Run. He was one of the two uh, uh, guys that were on, Marvin? on not uh, more on number one and more on number two. Remember, he was he was the big guy that Ron hit the Gabaccio. guy in the. Uh, uh, well, you know his real name. Uh, who? I think so, is that what his name is? Well, I wouldn't have known his name. Uh, but yeah, he was in Midnight Run. He was the other partner in this, and he's he's got a group of like five uh, partners in this movie. But is he also in My Blue Heaven? Uh, my Blue. Maybe one of the mobsters that shows up at that meeting when they decide to take over the Maybe, town. maybe, maybe. He's definitely got a mobster look. If you just pull up the cast of Prince of the City, I'll show you. Uh, but anyways, so what you've got is you've got these narcotic cops, and it, they show at the beginning that they're doing some some minor shady stuff. You know, they they find a uh, they find a drug dealer. Here, I'll say his name. Yeah, it's the guy on the uh, the top uh, right. Show Dave that. What's his name? I can't even pronounce it. Richard Forongi. Okay, Forongi. He's really Ferongi? good. You'll recognize him the second you look at him, Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, All right, I we got that now. All right. So what's going on in this movie too is you, like I said, you see him do some minor shady stuff. They they bust a bunch of drug dealers. They turn in the, and this is something that turns out to be something that they do regularly. They bust the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, they turn in all the drugs. They most split the it. they split the cash. No, yeah. they, no, they get rid of all the drugs for the most part. Uh, they do keep some out to give to their informants because they're they're directly dealing with uh, supplying their informants with dope so that they can make it through the night to be rats in the morning. No That's shit. That's kind of like his thing. But keep what they out, man. Let's... But when they're stealing from the drug dealers, they. Uh, they steal the money, split it up between the group. They give the drugs to the police station, and they deport the uh, the drug dealers back to South America, wherever they're coming from. I've been a terrible uh, cop. This sounds like something I've been. And, <laughs> and who are you hurting? He's a free train ride yeah, back home. Exactly. Right. He's conflicted, you know. That and there's all his centers around him and his morality is just—it's not sitting with well what they're doing, mm. and he wants. To, 
and it's a, a mainly about a lot of the it starts out initially about him wanting to turn on the mobsters and the people in town that are turning the other cheek that are paying off uh, people to be allowed to do whatever the hell they want to do but you can't do that uh, without tying up getting some cops well that, that, that was the first thing mean. he ends up meeting with the lawyer and he's like I will never no turn cops. on my uh, partners I will not turn on my friends I will not turn on my partners he says I may sleep with my life, wife but I live with my partners hmm. and that's his line that he constantly says and it starts out that way but the problem also with it is he has a cousin who's one of the main mobsters in the city mm-hmm. and he's been using his cousin to get uh, information on shit too yeah so it starts out small you can't walk yeah. can't have two masters isn't that the bottom yeah. line this is the movie's mm-hmm. so long there's actually two discs the DVD is two oh, discs wow. I thought I threw away the second disc by accident Whoa, the other oh, day no. I, lo- I, I put Fuck it that second I, half yeah, <laughs> no, luckily I don't throw shit away I keep I'm it set up kind of so it starts off small where he's busting these mobsters that are trying to buy like uh, tapes and stuff like that of them uh, being informed on and everything and he's starting to take out a couple of the mobsters and it gets really tense at one point where the mobster uh, thinks he's got him and uh, is going to kill him and he's like take me down if my cousin my cousin will vouch for me and they literally have got guns to his head and his cousin's across the street mm-hmm. and he's looking out and the guy uh, asks him and he comes back and he's like what do you say he says if you think he's a rat you should kill him but if you think he's a rat and he's not a rat you should be aware that people like him uh, so if you're going to do what you're going to do you better be sure it's the right thing Damn. so they end up letting him leave and he's like he freaks out he does a scene where he, the battery yeah, acid leaks on his stomach his, from his it's wire. like old school wiring around his chest yeah. and oh, sometimes man. he carries it under his balls is that the scene uh, like tossed it in the bathroom before that was his scene out? where he was freaking out and yeah. he tossed it uh, off his body and everything but then it gradually it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then Bob Balaban you know the guy mm-hmm. from uh, Seinfeld he played oh, yeah. Elaine's boss uh, that yeah. was obsessed with yeah, it, yeah. the little guy he was also he, in the uh, Mighty Wind and yep Mighty those, Wind he's a lot of the Christopher Guest type guys Best in show. Best in show, yep. And uh, he comes on as one of the chief prosecutors of the whole thing. And he's like, I want cops. I want cops, and you better give me cops, and you're going to get... And before he, Danny started this whole thing, he said, I did three wrong things, and these are what they are. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, said, he you got to expose like yourself. A- you got to expose yourself if you're going to do this. We don't want the other team coming back for us and everything. And then he has people start coming in and be like a lot of the junkies are like he supplied me with drugs and he did this and he did that so all the things that because he was keeping a lot there was more than three things it was like 53 yeah i'm sure (laughs) and it's starting to come out and he knows it's connecting to his partners here and he's freaking out and uh there's a great uh they realize once he gets made that they the second half of the movie is just the government trying to shuffle him from safe house to safe house Mm -hmm. but him also trying to protect his partners from it coming into what they're doing uh lane smith is the you know lane smith who's uh uh dick dodge from uh yeah. distinguished gentleman yeah. oh okay. uh, yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. from son-in-law the dad from son-in-law from yeah. my cousin Vinny was the prosecutor uh, my yeah, cousin yeah. Vinny, that was, was probably so great probably one role. of his more famous ones yeah he's dead now we lost him way too young but yeah. he he was super young in this and he was the really sweet guy that took care of his family yeah. and got him into different places and everything and then he ended up getting separated from uh from them and got stuck with these other guys who didn't know what they were doing uh so it was really intense and once it started trickling down to his partners it was really horrible uh one of the guys uh shot himself in the head and uh it just couldn't take it and Damn. then it, that turned uh, one I mean, of the other guys on him too, I mean. to the point where him and jerry orbeck they were they were it was that period where they were constantly uh treat williams lawyers were telling him 
your partners are going to turn on each other. He said, almost everybody in the uh, this unit is going down, and they are going to turn on you. On you. You're going to have to turn on them before you turn on them. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And he, it was a great scene where he's like, him and Jerry Arbach are like, almost got each other by the shoulders. And they were like, and Treat Williams is like, they're going to have to cut me in little pieces wow. to get me to turn on you. Yeah. And he's like, do not worry. I'm not going to turn on you. <laughs> yeah. Even I after can, he says it, he turned on, he turned Orbach. on Jerry Orbach. And, and he had to do it. And uh, to the point where there was a great ending in the movie where he, he's kind of disgraced and he, he, he does what he set out to do. He he ends up uh, throwing the. You realize that there's so much goddamn police corruption that it's going to have to change how everything is done. And uh, he turned on all his partners. It was revealed everything that he did and everything. And now he's kind of left being a consultant. And it, uh, there's a great scene at the end where he's teaching in front of this uh, this big auditorium of students and everything. And since my name's Danny Chilio and uh, I'm here to teach you about this and about that and about surveillance. And one guy says, are you the Danny Chilio? And he says, he says, yeah, that's my name. He says, and he stands up. I don't think I have anything to learn from you. And he walks out the room and you just, it ends on Treat Williams. Realizing like kind of, kind rat, of a, the rat. He, well, he's kind of a pissed off look and then his look changed to almost to a smile where it it's almost as if he's like, it comes back to me, yeah, I'm kind of a scumbag, but then you guys just don't realize that this is what he did was probably the right thing to do. Mm. I mean, turning on your partners is obviously it seems like a bad Ugh. idea when you have to depend on them, but you're also in this job for a particular reason and to be the honest kind of uh, things to let people get a fair shake at things, and they're not, you know? Yeah. People that expose corruption are always it was not always vilified, and that, it's a shame. Um, that American gangster. Yeah. When uh, what's his name Russell Crowe's character, yeah, finds he, a million dollars and turns it in. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, he's like, does anybody have a problem with what I did? Yeah, <laughs> like, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should have. <laughs> <I should've laughs> <done, but. laughs> uh, but it, it's a very good look. I think a much better look in personally for me than Serpico. And Serpico's the the glamorous one with mm-hmm. Pacino that everyone yeah. thinks of when they think police corruption, but. Think Prince of the City, man. Prince of the City had some... Sidney Lumet is really great with his character. He's really great with his locations. I heard a story that uh, uh, Kira Kurosawa, the famous Japanese mm-hmm. uh, director, said it. this was one of his favorite movies and complimented on complimented him on his uh, his use of lenses and stuff, which that was his thing, man. At the time, there was only one other movie that had filmed in all five boroughs, too. So this is like, if you're a New York fan and you like those New York kind of uh, uh, looks, this is a movie to kind of check out and take a look at so mm-hmm. prince of the city it's one of those ones that i i dated a girl once and uh she came over to my house and i remember her going through my uh my dvd rack and she's like oh you got prince of the city i love that movie and i was like well you'll be a keeper for at least a little while yeah because that, that really impressed <laughs> the hell out yeah uh, i was like that really impressed the hell out of me that i could even find somebody that has seen prince of the city because it was one of those things i think i was in like a pre treat williams phase where i just went back or i bet it was more of a sydney lament phase because i've always been a fan of his movies and the I ones I, name, had. I can't name too many Treat William movies outside of 1941 this and then uh, Dead Heat's uh, one Dead of my favorite Heat. ones man with him in it uh, there's later stuff that he's done and he's been doing a lot of TV lately I know he was famous still for, yeah oh, he he's did, still alive uh, yeah he did do a sitcom I think I saw he, he did like a uh, it wasn't a Dawson's Creek but it was something like that it was like Everwood or Ever something he did that for like years 
Uh, but he looks good. I've seen him, and uh, he was always – oh, you know what? I loved him, and he played Critical Bill in uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. He says, uh, I am Godzilla. You are Tokyo. And then shot <laughs> Steve Buscemi in the stomach with a sawed-off oh, shotgun, man. Oh, it was awesome. Critical Bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that will about do it with that. That This pod is history. Absolutely. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I saw what you did there. <laughs> well, this, is, this, this is certainly one of those ones we can revisit when we decide to. I could to, have done uh, uh, 10 more movies. Yeah, yeah. 20 e- more easily. Movies. I mean, there's just so much movies that are part of history. I mean, uh, probably a third of movies out there are based on some true event. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely picking Superman next time. Yeah. That's can you prove it? You got to have to prove yes, this is some true some events. Oh, oh. Uh, shit. Oh. Plague Dog. <laughs> Documentation. <laughs> Plague Dogs, I'm afraid, is happening. That's the problem with it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, next week we're going to be doing some, uh, I think we're going to be recording our non traditional christmas pod and then uh weeks after that we have uh or maybe a week after that we'll do our second pot of our martial arts pod we have a director's series coming up and one of the actor series coming up exciting stuff for the yeah, turn of the year here man plate. absolutely on the plate so if you want to get a hold of us you can check us out on itunes and soundcloud leave us a like or a, a comment we're also on twitter at Dupree podcast and on uh, Facebook, Fascinated with Films, where you can see all our cool collages that we put up every week. And uh, you can certainly get a hold of us on email through films at gmail.com. Well done, man. Thank you, thank you. I get better every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's ingrained in my head. So. <laughs> all right. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Peace. You want to buy the airline?